the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, we have a, a guest going to be joining us here in a few moments. He should be calling in. Attorney Brian Henry is going to be with us. He is a Dallas-Fort Worth attorney. He's done interviews on various proposals to restrict abortion with uh, all kinds of media uh, outlets across the United States and Canada. And uh, he's had extensive courtroom experience at federal and appellate court level. And he's also filed papers and briefs with the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, he's going to join us so that we can talk about Alabama Senate passed a near-total ban on abortion yesterday, sending what would be the nation's most stringent abortion law to the state's Republican governor, who they think uh, is going to okay it. That's Governor Kay uh, Ivey. And if if it happens, if that happens, uh, the reason that this particular piece of legislation looks like it was passed is that they're hoping to get this on a fast track to the Supreme Court and test Roe v. Wade. Now, that's the way I've been reading all the stories I've read today. So uh, Byron is on hold and waiting to join us. So let's get him on and uh, and talk to him here. Byron, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Great to be with you today. Hey, this, is, well. uh, this is interesting. Uh, there's... there's a group of people who believe that the Supreme Court is ready to overturn Roe v. Wade. Do you think that that's true? Well, if I had to bet, forced to bet, I would say they're probably in a position today to do just about everything but overturn the core holding of Roe, just short of that, which basically means approving a lot of state regulations and federal regulations on abortion without undercutting or basically gutting the entire holding that there is some constitutional autonomy right to to seek and have an abortion in certain circumstances. Um, I think that, that we'll, before this bill gets signed by the governor in Alabama and goes all the way through the court system, there are a couple of measures that stop short of the Alabama ban that are farther along in the court process, the legal uh-huh. process, so that we'll know how the Supreme Court, if it's interested in addressing abortion at all, if it actually takes one of these cases, we'll know their feeling on this long before because they will put it in opinions upholding a, a heartbeat bill or upholding an ultrasound bill or upholding a viability bill at 20 weeks. They will talk about Roe and Planned Parenthood versus Casey, the two seminal decisions on abortion. They will discuss what they think of the decision, whether it's in a concurrent or undercutting the decision, and we'll get signals from the court that they are chipping away at the foundations of Roe and Casey in order to overrule it, or if they reaffirm Casey and Roe, but say Casey and Roe only say X, but they don't say all restrictions on abortions are unconstitutional, and we're just going to rubber stamp 
all of these restrictions. So we'll kind of get a feel for that. If you remember, Chief Justice Roberts in this court has a reputation for taking two or three opinions to overrule precedent. The first opinion, they say, we don't really like this decision that's questioned, but we don't need to address it today. The next time they rule and they bring it up, they say, well, this opinion has already been discredited in prior opinions, but we don't have to overrule it. We just say, and then the third time they visit it, they say, we've talked about how discredited this opinion is in two other opinions, so we're going to overrule it today. So kind of laying the groundwork in baby steps is the way this court generally works on overruling precedent or Chief Justice Roberts' court's works, as opposed to simply out of the blue picking a case and the world changes overnight and you never see it coming. Yeah, I mean, Roberts is going to be our new Kennedy, I feel like. He's going to be the guy that's the wild card out there, just like he was uh, for Obamacare during the the whole thing dealing with, uh, you know, the Affordable Care Act. Everybody thought that it was going to go down, and he was the dissenting vote that everybody was stunned by. I think that he sees himself playing that part a lot. That's why I think it's going to be important uh, for the president to get one more pick for the court. Would you agree with that? I agree with that. I will say this, that while Kennedy had a libertarian instinct, which made him conservative in some areas, such as First Amendment and and campaign finance and some other areas, and of course he ruled with the majority on the Second Amendment case, the, the, the Heller case, it made him more, quote, liberal on personal autonomy issues such as same-sex marriage and abortion because he had a libertarian instinct. Justice, Chief Justice Roberts doesn't have that. Justice Roberts is more of what we would consider a traditional conservative which means he doesn't have a libertarian instinct on those social issues. And if you remember, in the same-sex marriage case, Roberts wrote a very powerful dissent on the same-sex marriage decision, another hot-button social issue, much like abortion. So he has not shied away from taking a stand on hot-button social issues. Uh, simply, you know, Justice Kennedy provided the fifth vote in that case, but Justice Ro- Chief Justice Roberts wrote a lengthy and very powerful dissent to the majority opinion. So uh, I think that Justice Ro- Chief Justice Roberts has a more traditionally conservative instinct than Justice Kennedy does. So I would say he would be more reliable in traditionally conservative cases. And remember, Justice Roberts, Chief Justice, I keep saying that, has been very consistent on the things when he was the Justice Department under, I think it was the Reagan administration, that he opposed, such as the, the preclearance under civil rights bill and a few other areas. When that case has come up in front of him, he has consistently ruled in the way that he, the position that his government took, the Justice Department took under President Reagan. Roe v. Wade is one of those cases where the Justice Department took a firm stand that Roe v. Wade was wrongly decided. So this would be an opportunity for him, him to see that position from 35, 40 years ago, realized as, a, as chief justice of the Supreme Court. So that's the only thing that points me kind of in a direction that he's probably close to there on Roe versus Wade. But if he's going to overrule that line of cases, I would expect him to take a couple of the lead up cases, such as the ultrasound or the heartbeat bill or some other restrictions in order to lay the groundwork for for um, re, for overturning Roe. What do you think about, uh, you know, precedent? Uh, you got two recent Supreme Court nominees that sat in front of the uh, folks that were, you know, g- going to grill them the, uh, this, uh, th- from the Senate, and both said that they would uh, pay attention to precedent. There's a lot of Democrats that feel like 
they just said that to get that off the table. What's your thoughts on that one? Well, I think it's basically, you know, sort of like what's your pleasure if it's a if it's a president you like you want us to follow it if it's a president you hate you want us to overturn it i would say that two two quick points one the chief justice roberts court has not overturned precedent in any faster tick than any other really any hardly any other courts in fact it falls right in the middle of the average of overturning precedent secondly most of these justices even justices like justice thomas who just issued a majority opinion 5-4 on Monday overturning a 40-year-old precedent on state sovereign immunity, has to go out of his way to explain why he's overturning precedent. They just don't sweep it aside as if it means nothing. There are factors and reasons and arguments that have to be made to overcome it. So I think all of the justices respect precedent to the extent that they better have very good reasons why they're going to overturn it. But in the end, it's what a lot of people have said. The law is what five justices at that time say it is. So the fact that there's a precedent from 40, 50 years ago that says otherwise, if you can't convince that was rightly decided, can't convince five justices, especially in constitutional cases, that that was rightly decided, then you're going to have an uphill road at oral argument and in your case. And right now, I suspect anyone arguing Roe or Casey in front of this court is going to have an uphill road. That's not to say that one of the justices like Justice Kavanaugh or Chief Justice Roberts wouldn't buy it and say, I disagree with Roe, but it's been the law for so long, I think it would be hurtful to the country and to the to the judiciary to overturn it. So they might, but uh, I, I, I'm doubtful that that's what would happen if it ultimately comes to that. I think that there probably are five votes to gut Roe and Casey and turn most of the abortion uh, area of law back to the states as it was pre-Roe. Right, so... From what I've read, the reason that this law was written the way that it was, it it basically didn't just step on toes, it stomped on toes, uh, uh, as far as Roe v. Wade goes, to make it have to be, have to go up to the Supreme Court. Is, is, am I correct in assuming that? It does not have to go to the Supreme Court. Uh, A district court or a court of appeals could simply rule that it violates Roe and that, that they're not allowed to overturn Roe, so they strike down the or, or, or order or declare that the bill is on the law is unenforceable, and the Supreme Court doesn't take the case. Mm. So it doesn't have to go to the Supreme Court. Now, it is directly challenging the Supreme Court. That is true. But nothing has to go to the Supreme Court except some very rare cases in the Constitution that are set forth. But a simple challenge to a state law does not have to go to the Supreme Court. There's no guarantee they'll take debate. Uh, a lower court could handle this, and the Supreme Court could simply turn it down. I, I think it is to challenge the the decision, and I think the way the bill was written, giving personhood to a to a preborn child, is important because what it does is just make the law consistent in states like Alabama, much like Texas, where except a mother having an abortion and a doctor performing one, if anyone else causes harm to that unborn child, they can be prosecuted for harming a person whether it's assault or murder or, or doing something like, you know, drunk drivers kill a pregnant woman, you can get charged twice. So what Alabama is doing is basically making their law consistent by saying we consider an unborn child a person for all these other protections. We're going to consider it a person in the abortion context. And you tell us courts why we can't do that since we can do it in all the other contexts. Yeah. Why is it a person? Why is it a person for every other context except when the a mother of the child decides 
to have an abortion. And that that's ultimately a logic question as well as the key constitutional question. Yeah, I mean, they really went. Have you read it, Brian? Have you taken a look at this law? What's in I've it? read the I've read the bullet points. And I, as I said, it is designed to create personhood for an unborn child yeah. for purposes of Alabama law. It really is. Um, and it would make, uh, you know, ending a pregnancy at any stage a felony punishable by up to 99 years or life in prison. I have seen that, and it makes it's very it's what we would consider uh, very uh, uh, extreme. Uh, you know, the, almost the maximum punishment for for that. There is another law in Alabama I have read that prohibits um, females from being prosecuted for for the death of a uh, preborn child, no matter what the circumstances. So when laid this law laid against that law, there's debate going on right now. But I have read some articles that that a mother would not be allowed to be charged under this law because of pre-existing Alabama law that this doesn't affect. So it would really only be the abortion provider, mm-hmm. the physician, that is subject to the 99 years, which would obviously be an irony of the thing that the mother could still not be prosecuted for having an abortion even after this bill was passed. But even still, that's pretty uh, severe punishment. Yeah, I, I agree with that. If you'll wait, I need to take a break here. We'll come back and continue our discussion. It's very interesting. You're right. Supreme Court could not take this case. However, with this being just hitting every nerve that it possibly can, I think it would be uh, rare if they wouldn't take a look at uh, at this case if somewhere along the appellate court it, it got uh, struck down. We'll come back. We'll talk uh, the rest of the way for this half hour with our guest, Byron Henry. He is a lawyer in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We'll continue our discussion when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Our guest is uh, Byron Henry. He's an attorney of law uh, in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area in Texas. He has done, of course, as I was telling you, a a lot of uh, legal work and has uh, done appellate work, uh, federal work. He's filed papers and briefs with the U.S. Supreme Court. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, Robert Steinbach, our law professor from UALR's Bowen School of Law, will join us today and we'll talk further about this. But Byron, help us understand why the whole argument of personhood has never been put to bed on abortion. Well, because of science and, and, and both common sense and otherwise, I mean, we treat uh, unborn children in the womb as people for a lot of reasons. And so I think the personhood debate has been put to bed, and that is states have a compelling interest, the Supreme Court says, in pre- protecting life in the womb. Uh, courts have recognized that it is a an unborn person, that it is it is unique, that it is worthy of protection, and states have responded. The one caveat, the one carve-out, in the law, starting with Roe and moving forward to Casey and all the other cases that have come in between and since, is a mother's personal decision to terminate her pregnancy by ending the life of the preborn child before birth, or in some cases before vice, depending on what state you're in, but under Roe, before the child is born. Um, it is part of the mother, which makes it a special class of decisions that is different than any other. Uh, and and we have a, an exception for physicians and others 
to end pregnancies, uh, and that's the one exception. Otherwise, we are free to treat, the Supreme Court says, a fetus or an unborn child as a person for purposes of the criminal law, for purposes of, of lots of laws, malpractice laws, all sorts of laws. We can treat it as a treat the child as a person as opposed to an organ or a property or something less than a person, but not for abortion. It's the one area that has been reserved for the choice to terminate uh, based on Roe. And so that's why, you know, when Roe was decided, it took the debate out of the processes, out of legislatures, out of Congress, and put it in the hands of courts. And so that debate never got to play out over the last few decades over just how much protection to give um, the unborn because the Supreme Court basically short-circuited the process back in the early 70s and said, we're going to tell you, um, you can't prohibit a woman from terminating her pregnancy, period. And so just when it was heating up, (laughs) the abortion debate was beginning to heat up back then. The Supreme Court, as Justice Scalia said, didn't end the debate, but threw gasoline on the fire of the debate Mm -hmm. and basically turned it into one of the defining issues of a generation. And that's what it is today. Um, so one side wants the Supreme Court to settle with science and other ways that this is a, an unborn child worthy of protection and you can't kill it. And the other side wants to protect the exception that was created in Roe and is so not percent And that is it's a mother's solemn personal decision about how to deal with her body and her life. And you shouldn't intrude on that um, as a state, as a legislature. Uh, you should allow that to be a private decision for bodily autonomy. And that's the other side to you. And um those two sides have been fighting in legislatures and in courts with dozens of cases and laws passed every year, by the way. And there's different pro-life, pro-choice laws passed uh, both ways. New York and Virginia have new pro-choice laws. And, of yeah. course, Alabama, Texas, and a bunch of other states have new pro-life bills, depending on the political leaning of the state. So you've got those competing interests. And one argument is, is that if the Supreme Court did overturn Roe versus Wade, it wouldn't ban abortion, all it would do is say it goes back to the states the way it was before pre-1973 to let the states decide how to protect unborn children. So in California, you could pretty much get an abortion uh, you know, with very little restrictions, New York the same, and in other states like Alabama, Texas, and a few others, it'd be much more difficult. But you know, before Roe versus Wade, that's the way it was. Yeah, final question, and I'll let you go. We've got just a little over a minute left, and you mentioned New York, Virginia, and then Vermont as well as looking at this. This whole thing of, of, of abortion up until birth, I mean, I, I find the, the logic ludicrous, but, you know, they say it's not a it's not a, a, a basic human being like you're a human being when you come out the birth canal, and you can, you can do away with the child up until that point. Uh, that was throwing on more gasoline, was it not? It was, and of course, you can you can make the argument that that is logical under their position. That if you're part of the woman's body and have not been born and became a person, a counted person after birth, umbilical cord severed, and taking your first breath, then why can't you have an abortion all the way up until um, emergence from the birth canal? Logically, that makes sense. Luckily, the Supreme Court did include some language in a number of its opinions, which said. The even old opinions that the analysis may be altered post viability, meaning once a child could live without the mother outside. Uh, the By- Byron, we're we're out of yeah. time. I'm going to have to let sure. you go. I appreciate your time, though. No problem. Glad to be with you. All right, back with you. A lot going on on the discussion about abortion right now because of this Alabama law. 
and then New York and Virginia having much more liberal laws on abortion. And looks like it's going to end up in front of the Supreme Court. I mean, that's the way I would see it. I, I just can't see the Supreme Court if the Alabama, and I would expect that the Alabama uh, law in appellate court would have no standing. In other words, it, it can't be law, they'll say, because it's in direct uh, competition with federal law. So that would tell me if they strike it down on the appellate side that uh, it's going to be tried to be heard by these folks in the Supreme Court. They're going to take it to the Supreme Court. Then they have to decide whether they're going to hear the arguments or not. I have a hard time believing the Supreme Court would turn it down. It, 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 this needs to get put to bed somehow. Uh, and uh, it, it it has been fought against Roe v. Wade has since its inception. It was the whole the whole ruling of Roe v. Wade was pulled out of whole you know out of whole cloth. Somebody said there's a right to privacy, and they went from there and they made um, abortion legal. And now you know we've got millions of innocent unborn children being murdered in their mother's womb. Something has to change on this. And there's, you know, people are seeing this differently than the way it used to be. Let me start off with CNN. Here's what CNN said about the Alabama abortion bill. Let's cut one. Journalists are finding of people who would be forced to have children, for instance, an 11-year-old rape victim in Ohio um, would be forced to have that yeah. child. Well, well, there was a vote um, as to whether there would be an exception for cases of rape or incest, and that failed, right? So children who are pregnant, uh, who are definitionally the victims of rape, because we have statutory rape laws in this country, uh, they would be forced to bear their own children. The, the fetus would have to have a lethal anomaly, not just a, you know, globally uh, complicated anomaly, a lethal um, anomaly. And I'm just wondering, with lawmakers, with their logic, do they think that the outlook, the future outlook for that 11-year-old and her child will be rosy? Do they think that the I taxpayers won't I, have to intervene? I don't in the think future? they've thought it through. I, I really no. don't. I think that their idea of protecting life um, ends at birth, right? It's, it's the idea that we are going to force people to have children and then not going to provide the social services necessary to actually raise those children in a healthy environment. Right. And, and look, this is also what happens uh, when, when religion and politics start to mix. And the fact that they did not create an exception for rape or incest is what's going to make this so intentionally toxic and maybe a sign of them going too far legislatively, where, where it's just difficult for it to swallow. But this is going to inflame the culture wars in a deep, fundamental way, and it is intended to do so. Um, whether it takes effect, watch its progress through the courts. But I think most folks, if you look at polling on abortion, will say, if there are no exceptions for rape and incest, um, that is way more extreme. Good people can disagree on this issue, but this is an extreme position. It's explicitly intended to inflame. Yes. They say it outright. They yes. want this to go all the way to the court, and they think they have a chance to have the court overrule it. So there you go. Okay. I'm uh, of the opinion that the reason it was written, this bill in Alabama was written the way that it was written 
is to get it to the Supreme Court. They didn't want to give them any outs that they said, well, we don't, we, we don't need, there's no compelling, you know, reason for us to, to hear this. And uh, by getting around that, they can try to force it in front of the court. Now, remember, it's exactly as, as Byron said, uh, a very good possibility that the court won't even hear it. There's a possibility of that. I don't think that that's what's going to happen. I, I noticed that uh, the lady there on CNN didn't call it a baby, called it a fetus. That's part of the. That's part of what the left does. They try to make you think that it's not human by calling it fetus. Well, let me just give you a little little um, language lesson here. Fetus is a Greek term, and it means little one. That's what it means, little one. No doubt in their minds it was a human. I don't think it should be in anybody's mind that it's a human. Science has come along, and, uh, I mean, when Life published those pictures that were taken inside uh, the womb of a developing uh, baby, people had to look at it and go, that's a human. It, it's not a fruit. It's not a vegetable. It's not a rock. That's a human being. Is it in a different, uh, you know, place as far as development? Yeah. We're all different every day we get up out of bed. You know, cells have died. Cells have been created. You don't look exactly the same way. You've changed a little bit. You might not be able to pick it up, but you have changed. Uh, over a, a, a period of a, a couple of weeks, I don't know if it's a couple of weeks, maybe shorter than that, you slough off all your skin. You have brand new skin. Uh, you're just in a, you're always in a different state of development. You don't look this, I don't look the same right now that I looked when I was five or when I was 18, or when I was 30, or when I was 45, or when I was 60. I've changed all those times, and a lot of you have changed as well. If you're listening to talk radio, you're probably not a young kid. You can look back at when you were a young kid, and you looked different, but you were a human being. I see that I see no difference uh, as far as uh, in the uh, the womb goes, and of course the argument from the the left and the and the pro abortion side. I won't say pro choice. You know, personally, my favorite term for them is pro death, because that's what happens in abortion: an individual dies, an innocent individual dies. So with that in mind, with that in mind, why a moment before it's born, it's not a human being, and a moment after it is born, it suddenly becomes a human being. It's a, it's a, it's a silly argument as far as I'm concerned to say, well, it's because still hooked up by the umbilical cord, the mother is keeping the baby alive. Let me ask you, if the mother doesn't feed the child, will it die? 
Yes. Okay. If that if that's the case, is that just uh, you know? Uh, how about post-abortion? Is that what it is? It's it's murder. I mean, you're killing the child. But what's the difference if you don't feed the child? If the child can't feed itself yet. I mean, we can go on and on about this. It's got to. I think you got to. I would hope that you side with life. And also Byron was correct that this is not going to make abortion illegal all over the United States. It's not going to happen. It wasn't illegal when Roe v. Wade went in front of the Supreme Court. It was illegal to get uh, abortions in many states of the Union, and it was legal to get abortions in other states of the Union, that's where we're going to go back to. And then it will be up to the people, the citizens of each state, to uh, to fight that one out. Unless the court really gets, you know, uh, some cojones and says that's a, you know, that's a live human being. See, this is why the personhood argument is so, so important. Really is. It's very, very important. Right now, they have not said in the courtroom that's a life in so many words. So if that gets made into law, at that point, you have a, a, good, uh, a good possibility of making it illegal in the entire entirety of the, the 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 fifty states. All right, let's get a break in. When we come back, uh, Gillibrand, Senator Gillibrand, has a couple of things to say about this bill as well. We'll talk about it when we return. All right, back. Let's uh, hear from Senator Gillibrand. She wants to be president, so what she has to say, uh, you probably can uh, pretty well bet is the mantra that the Democratic Party will follow up with. And uh, I, she was on uh, uh, television and talked saying, hey, don't be believing Trump. He's all about wanting to overturn uh, Roe v. Wade. That's cut number two. So as even legislators in Alabama admitted as this happened, they said they, they know this is going to get challenged and, and they want to take it. They want this to kind of be a way to get this before the Supreme Court. You heard, as Supreme Court nominees said uh, in their confirmation hearings, including the president's two nominees, that they respect precedent. They were asked about this. Do you believe those? I don't know if you call them promises, but do you believe those statements? And do you believe that this is a Supreme Court that might overturn Roe v. Wade? It's certainly the intention of President Trump and the Republican Party to overturn Roe v. Wade, to overturn precedent. I do not believe the justices, when they told us in hearings, that they respected precedent. It's why, as President of the United States, I will not appoint a justice or a judge who will not actually uphold the precedent of Roe v. Wade. In, in past years, I think you could say, and my, and, and my colleague Dana Basho, I, I, who I know you know well, uh, made this point in the earlier hour of this broadcast, that, that, that to this point, Republicans were better 
about rallying their base on this issue in support of abortion restrictions. You hear language like the president uses describing uh, infanticide, uh, etc. I wonder, as you speak to constituents, particularly women voters, how are they reacting in this moment to what's become, as you say, a national effort to, at a minimum, restrict the right to choose? First of all, the president's lying. Uh, and second of all, I have heard from women across this country that they are deeply concerned about this all-out attack on women by the Republican Party to truly roll back the clock on women's reproductive freedom and overturn Roe v. Wade. And so they are concerned. And I believe what the 2018 elections were about is women using their voices uh, and fighting hard for candidates that shared their values, overturning and uh, winning in red places and blue and purple places that had not been won before. Um, and the reason why I'm running for president is I'm going to guarantee that women have a voice in this country, that we value women, that we respect women, uh, and that we make sure we have judges and justices who uphold the precedent of Roe v. Wade. The president has had enormous success, as you know, nominating judges. I mean, the math here beyond the two on the Supreme Court, 39 on circuit courts, just just one notch below, uh, 64 on uh, district courts. That's 105. I mean, just outpacing many presidents at this point uh, with the intention of passing a conservative agenda, including on issues such as such as abortion. Are you concerned that the court's under that influence and that change might, if not overturn Roe v. Wade, at least okay severe restrictions on access to abortion. I think they fully intend to do that, and that's why these elections are so important. We have to elect candidates that value women, that will allow these life and death uh, issues of women have to decide about whether uh, and when they want to have children. Uh, these are intimate decisions that women have a right to make. And rolling back the clock on basic women's human rights and civil rights, I think, has to be fought uh, with every tooth and nail. I think this is going to be a fight that women cannot lose, and they need to know that their voice at the ballot box is more powerful uh, if they vote and, and support candidates that share their values and their rights. All right. So one interesting thing she said, she made, because the rest of it was just what you'd expect to hear from a Democrat. I will not uh, put anyone on the court who will not uphold Roe v. Wade. So how do you know that? They could tell you that they're not going to vote against Roe v. Wade and then just turn right around and vote against Roe v. Wade. How can you be sure that everybody you'd put up? I mean, look, I can look back over time and look at a lot of different decisions and uh, was sure that, the conservatives were going to vote a certain way and one or two of them decided not to. And something big doesn't happen because of one or two votes. Kind of interesting. She's going to make sure whoever's on there. I mean, I always thought that we've been told that uh, there are supposed not to be a litmus test when these guys go on the court. They should be able to be somewhat free thinkers. Evidently, Gillibrand doesn't believe that. She also thinks that the Alabama abortion bill is a plan by the GOP to overturn Roe v. Wade. 
law as an attack on one women. And one of those candidates joins me now. She is presidential candidate and Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, uh, who is now planning on holding an abortion rights rally tomorrow in Atlanta. And she joins us. Uh, thanks very much for taking the time this morning. Thank you. So, so let me ask you just in general terms your reaction to the passage of this bill. I'll, t I'll tell you that one of the most striking moments for me was listening to a Republican lawmaker there describe rape as, quote unquote, difficult circumstances for the birth of a child, and yet then went on to justify even eliminating that exception for this. This Alabama effort uh, and the effort across this country now in 29 states is an all-out attack on women's reproductive freedom and our basic civil rights. Uh, this is a plan by the Republican Party, make no mistake, to overturn Roe v. Wade and turn back the clock on women's reproductive civil and human rights. All right. That's what she thinks. Bottom line. GOP, you know, going to get rid of it. I hope we do, to be honest with you. I, I don't think that you can take a moral stand for abortion and, and say that, uh, you, you know, that uh, you have any empathy or, or, or whatever uh, when you can just say it's all right to, to kill unborn, innocent human life. Because the woman doesn't want it. You know, I've always wondered, if that's the case, then, you know, go in. If you don't want a kid, they're, they're really good now that they can they can fix it so that you can tie off your fallopian tubes and you can't have a child. But if you want them to be hooked back together, they can be, and you can get pregnant again. And my, um, you know, my wife, uh, had that reversal surgery decided she still wanted to have children and uh, had it reversed and was able to successfully have two more pregnancies so you know I don't understand why the thought process is that the best way to, to do that if you find yourself pregnant because you're not taking birth control or you're not using a condom or you're not using whatever form of birth control you want that keeps a human life uh, from starting, that um, abortion is the answer. Killing the life is the answer. I don't get that. I don't get the, that, that argument whatsoever. There's no logic to it at all. Well, I'm not ready for a child. Then don't have a child. Use, you know, uh, use a, a pill or whatever to keep from getting uh, getting pregnant. Have your tubes severed. Whatever. You don't want to have a child now. And, uh, you know, if you want to do that, okay. I can understand it, but I can't understand being, being you know, unresponsible enough to go ahead and, and have unprotected sex and getting pregnant and then saying, oh, yeah, I started a life, but now I'm just going to kill it. Don't get that. There was an article I read today that, you know, infanticide is being really, you know, 
the walls are being broken down because if you use the arguments of the left about what's all right to dis, you know, to destroy life, then you can destroy life at any time uh, that that life exists. And then you stand on the precipice of what the Nazis did and other uh, governments that have, you know, tried to exterminate a whole group of people. All right, time to take a break. Come back. We'll talk about other things. There's a lot more things going on. And we'll talk about Iran. We're going to mention that. Mark uh, Cuban, you know, Cuba, with the Mavericks is saying he might run as president. I'll play that for you as well here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so in the news here uh, lately, Iran is uh, back on the front burner again. Things going on. Uh, Political reporting just four hours ago. Uh, We would repeat that would be unthinkable to have a war uh, in Iran. Utah Senator Mitt Romney who is a GOP critic of the president saying that lawmakers on both sides of the aisle warning President Trump on uh, uh, this morning to avoid plunging the United States into another Iraq-like war in the Middle East, demanding more information about vague warnings that Iran might be planning attacks on U.S. personnel and facilities in the region. Now, I don't want to see that happen. I mean, anybody who's ever been to war will tell you you don't want to see a war. That should be the last resort for uh, for anything. However, you've got to take what the mullahs and uh, the people that are at the top of that government are saying over there. And they don't sound conciliatory at all. Congressional leaders uh, will get more information about the situation tomorrow during a confidential briefing with Trump officials that, according to Democratic uh, uh, sources, on Capitol Hill and on the campaign trail, politicians fretted that the situation felt eerily similar to the run-up to the 2003 U.S. invasion of Iraq. Quote, it's close to inconceivable that the president, the administration, would consider a war with Iraq. Iran said... uh, Mitt Romney. Well, Mitt Romney don't have any balls. What can I say? I mean, uh, he's going to say stuff like this all the time, and he's always going to say whatever is at at loggerheads with the president. He's he's a, he's running against the president, even if he doesn't wind up running against the president. Yeah. Well, the president made it clear when he ran for president that one of the worst foreign policy mistakes in American history was the decision to go to war with Iraq and. That we would repeat that is unthinkable and something I can't imagine the president or his senior staff would consider. Now, the House Speaker, who's going to be at uh, Thursday's briefing, minced no words during a closed-door Democratic caucus meeting uh, today, which came as the State Department evacuated non-emergency staffers from the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. Let me say that we have to avoid any war with Iran. Pelosi's deputy, Maryland Representative Steny Hoyer, stressed that all members of Congress must get a briefing. This is a serious situation, and we want to make sure we're not getting ahead of ourselves. Over in the Senate, Senator Ron Johnson of uh, Wisconsin 
he's a Republican, by the way, said Senate Foreign Relations Chairman Jim Rich, uh, or Reich, Republican of Idaho, is seeking an all-senders briefing for next week. I think there's a lot more to be known before decisions are made, said Senator Jerry Moran, a Republican of Kansas. Tensions between Iran and the United States have spiked in the past week, as U.S. officials said fresh intelligence indicated that Iran or its proxies in the region, read Hezbollah and Hamas, uh, are planning attacks on American troops, diplomats, and facilities. The State Department today ordered the evacuation of all non-emergency staff from the U.S. Embassy in Iraq, where another, a number of uh, Iranian allied militias operate. The department also urged Americans not to travel to Iraq. Troop administration also has sped up the deployment of an aircraft carrier to the Persian Gulf while reportedly drafting plans for sending tens of thousands of troops to the Middle East. Now, just yesterday, president said, that's just not true. Somebody was saying like 200,000 troops. That ain't going to happen, folks. You know how long it takes to deploy 200,000 troops? It takes a long time. You remember to run up to the Iraq war, how long it took? Months. Yeah. That's right. It'll be the same thing. Uh, Iran has responded to the Trump administration's rhetoric with a mixture of mockery and, uh, you know, their typical bellicosity, uh, but always insisting that it wants no part in a war with the U.S. Still, there's fear that a war could involve inadvertently if lower-level fighters on either side make moves that lead to a military response. So that's uh, what I got for you today talking about uh, Iran, I think I had another piece here. Let me see what I, I got. I, I may not have even picked it up today. Uh, that was sitting in my audio file here. And that's it. All right. So that's it on Iran. I don't think there's enough there to spend a lot of time, nor I don't, I don't believe you should be losing sleep about it right now. We're not at that point yet. Now, if, if we, if we move another, um, you know, we moved a, a whole fleet there to the Gulf of Hamuz. Uh, you might want to get a little nervous then. I'm not getting nervous regardless. Uh, I, if we need to um, get into a conflict with uh, Iran, we need to get into a conflict with Iran. If we don't, we don't. Uh, they are spreading violence. Forget about evil. Violence. Violent acts across the world. And that needs to be tamped down one way or the other. Uh, and one of the reasons that we got out of that awful deal, it's remarkable. If you look back on the Obama administration combined with Kerry, they tried to outleft each other. And they, they looked for every third world country uh, that they could uh, bow down to, essentially. And they gave away the farm in negotiating with uh, Iran. Uh, and Iran was laughing all the way to the bank. And they uh, it didn't even have to permanently disable their nuclear capabilities. And they got billions of dollars flown over in cash because Obama claims we couldn't get it to them any other way. Really? Really? Mm -hmm. uh, but, of course, he couldn't even do it as a treaty because he couldn't get the— uh, Couldn't get it through. Couldn't get it through. Wouldn't happen. Exactly. And so, guess what? Didn't do it as a treaty. Well, Iran, you know, Iran, the leadership, 
are bad actors. Absolutely they are. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. By the way, that other voice, Robert Steinbach, has made his way here into the studio. It's always nice to have him just drop by like this. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. Have you heard us uh, talking today about abortion? Of course. Spent a whole hour talking about it. Yeah. Because of the Alabama abortion bill. Right. Now, they wrote this specifically. Yeah, to go to to the Supreme Court. To try to get it to the Supreme Court. Now, I had uh, Byron, oh, what was the guy's last name on with me today? I can't think of his name. He's from Dallas, Texas. And uh, asked him to join us today to talk about this. Well, and as you look for uh, that, let me let me highlight one. Byron Henry. Henry. Yeah. One thought that I we've talked about many times on your show, Dave, and it's how over the cliff the left is on abortion. Now, if yeah. if they would come forward and say, "Look, we recognize either it's a life, or or even it at some point it's a life." Meaning that the baby slash fetus before it's born, at least at some point, is a life and is a person. That's all I want them to say. Then they can say, however, and then they have all their caveats, why they want to allow whatever they want to allow. But remember, the left is the one that calls conservatives flat earthers, right? And we're trying to recognize basic biology, what I learned in seventh grade. So if you can get a group of lefties to come forward and just say this, A, at some point, that thing, shall we say, just for the purposes of discussion, the baby, right? The thing that's in the mother's belly, at some point there's a person. That's one thing I want them to say. And the second thing I want them to say is at some point prior to birth, like eight months and three and a half weeks, you can't kill that baby. That's all I want them to say. Then I'll sit down with them and talk with them. I'm not saying we're going to agree. I'm not. No, they I, won't. They will never they agree to the last they, one they, at all. How can it be that this thing that you know, basically a large sneeze and out it comes from the mother, right? By the way, I'm joking, folks. That's not the biology because I do understand the biology of it all, right? But these things, you know, it's like it's peeking through the mother's belly. Yeah. By the way, I say thing not to be dismissive, right? Just to not characterize it. The baby, right? So this thing is, is peeking through the mother's belly. No, no. Basically, not till it's five years old walking off to school with a backpack and a toothbrush are they willing to recognize it as being a person, when does personhood become personhood? Uh, according because according can, to them, not until birth. Well, right? you can't even use that because what they'll say at that point, you know, if uh, the mother doesn't take care of the child, it die. Okay. Here's my answer to that. So that's, that's, that, that's, that's a case what, to like that's seven, what, right? <laughs> that's what the left says. Right. So because killing the child is no big thing to them. If it, if, Killing a child in womb is no big thing. Why is it a big thing when it's six months old or a year old or because, three years old? Because they have no because they've staked out such a radical position that they cannot maintain any logical consistency. In other words, if they did what I said, if they said, "Look, we think uh, we we recognize first that at some point during the pregnancy." If not immediately, and I'm not saying for me it's not immediately, but at least let them say if not immediately at some point during the pregnancy, that 
quote, thing, end quote, is a person. If they say that, then they can try to cobble or hobble, whichever it is, together an argument to say, okay, and if it's before, we think this, and if it's after, we think this. I fully recognize that the mother has to carry the baby, and that is a um, – I don't want to use the word burden because I don't think that's the right word, but it's, a, it's an effort. It's, I get it. I get it. But we're balancing that against this notion of personhood, and they don't want to do any discussion of it. No, there's no balance. It's like carrying a big – it's having two Big Macs and a fry. It's like as one politician I heard over the weekend, yeah. like having cancer. Right, right. Can I mean, you imagine that somebody compares a baby to a cancer? Right, right. And, and, and then here's where they get caught up. They get twisted in knots. Recall that when I worked in the United States Senate as a staffer, not as a senator, as you all know, but just to be clear, um, uh, I was – I think I was the lead um, staffer on the bill to protect – uh, I think it was Unborn Victims of Violence Act, uh, which ba- basically if a bad guy uh, uh, kills a mother or injures a mother and in the process kills the baby in the, in the belly, the unborn baby, that's a separate crime. Yes. Right? I mean, it's not a, it's not a cop. And most states have that as a law. Do you remember that the Peterson trial? That, that was the name of the bill was the Unborn Victims of Violence Act and the Lacey and Connor Peterson Act. Okay, so there you go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Planned Parenthood did not want them to charge him with killing the baby. To do so was to admit personhood. That's it. And that, we had that same debate. And and the senator for whom I worked, who is now the governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, was on the floor of the Senate. And I was sitting two seats down from him, uh, and he was debating. I hmm, I don't know. Was it Feinstein or the who was the other uh, senator from California at the time? She's no longer. I think it was the other one. I forget now. Uh, and boxer, boxer. That's exactly right. I think he was debating boxer, and they were. They had to contort themselves into knots because, you know, you just say, wait a second. You know, there's a woman who who has a baby inside of her that she intends to have Mm -hmm. as a baby and grow up and be a child and an adult and everything. And some bad guy kills it. Did you remove cancer from her? Did did you do her a favor by removing the cancer from her? According to the logic of these crackpots who are, are extremists, that's why they will never be successful, the leftists, in this debate, because they're unwilling. They're, they're, they're science deniers, Dave. The, the leftists are a bunch of flat earth science deniers when it comes to life, the same way they are flat earth science deniers when they talk when we talk about issues of trans, trans issues, right? You know, <laughs> meaning... Listen, I, I I can't get my heads around that. Yeah, I'm sorry. And you know what? I have I, I, I've I've known people, or well, yeah, that's fair to characterize. I've known people who are trans. Uh, I have uh, people. I, I give wide berth as to what people do in their own lives, but don't tell me because of whatever's going on in your life that my daughter. I don't have one, but nonetheless, you know, hypothetically, my daughter has to go into a shower with someone born a male. And still has that equipment. Mm-hmm. No, 
Same thing with bathrooms, as long, you know, because these aren't single bathrooms; they're stalls, right? And these yeah. are uh, these are not uh, hermetically sealed or even close to it. No, sorry. And the same thing with sports. Don't tell me that my daughter, if she's involved in female wrestling, needs to wrestle uh, a person born as a male and still has the parts of a male. No. Or lifts weights against them. Or right, that was run that, right. track exactly. against them or exactly. whatever sport it might. I be. told you, uh, I dated a woman who was a. An, an incredible runner. Um, I want a competitive runner. She would she would beat me in any long distance run, but in sprints I would beat her. Not because I'm a good runner. I ain't. But because there are certain biological advantages that men have in running, and in, in particular in sprinting. And here's here's a competitive runner who still couldn't. I'm not. There's nothing competitive about my running, Dave. The most thing competitive about my running is that I'll eat a hot dog like I'm at a stand watching a competition. <laughs> that's the only thing that's competitive. So, and I would beat her in sprints. Why? Simply because I was not disabled, essentially, and a male. Yeah. So don't tell me there's no difference. It's just it's just nonsense. So do whatever you want. You know, live your life as you see fit. Uh, uh, but don't try to impose your viewpoints on the uh, the uh, on conservatives who have basic notions as to privacy basic notions as to uh sex and gender i'm with you i know you are my break let's take a break we'll come back robert steinbach is here he is of course a law professor over at the bowen school of law and his opinions are his and his alone and don't reflect those of the school or U-A-L-R. Yeah, so I'm like you are uh, on the whole abortion thing, Robert. As I listen to these Democrats that are running, they all adhere to the liturgy of the Democratic Party about no abortion. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- th- and this is their problem, right? Because they're told, as Hillary was told, you need to have the most leftist view on abortion to be the Democratic nominee. Yeah, because you, you have to take it all in. That's right. Because you're representing all liberal women. That's right, exactly. Um, and and Hillary keeps tweeting, these are uh, women's rights, reproductive rights. By the way, they're not reproductive rights, they're non-reproductive yes, rights. That's right? right? Isn't that kind of the point? Yeah. It's to end reproduction. Well, not, I say right. that if it's about re, you know reproduction, pick the time you want to reproduce. You don't have to reproduce. Right. You can have sex and use all kinds of birth control. I suggest if you want to be really sure, like 99.9, go ahead and have a, a, a tubal ligation. And you can't get pregnant, but... It can be reversed. Or, or you can do like Alyssa Milano announced, and she's she's Just doing, don't have sex. Right, she's doing the sex ban, you know, which, um, um, and then she was on The View, right? Uh, and they were all sort of endorsing, right? And and uh, is it a ban, Dave, uh, when you're not having sex let anyway? Me, let me ask you I'm just question. curious. If they're yeah. not having sex anyway. You look at Joy Bear and Whoopi Goldberg. You think it's been a while? I'm just thinking. All I'm saying is, is it a ban if they weren't having sex anyway? Yeah. That's all I'm asking. (laughs) Write your letters to Dave Ellswick, care of. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, you all heard the old saying about 10-foot pole. Anyway, bottom line. You know, just, I'm sorry. 
And she she talks about there's a play that she talks about, and I'm not if I'm not mistaken, the whole thing about the play was to promote life, mm-hmm. and she's promoting death, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is just the most ridiculous thing. But mm-hmm. all of it does make no sense. But that's the way they are. They are that way. Uh, I I should play Berman's uh, thing from CNN about the Alabama abortion. Well, I'll do that when we come back. You got to hear it right now, though. We're going to hear the news. That's coming up here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. 60 seconds to find out what's the big story going on in the world. Let's find out right now. All right, but back with you. I wanted to play a piece that I played early last hour, Robert. I want mm-hmm. you to listen to yeah. it. Now, I pointed this out immediately after the clip. See, I'll, I'll see if you pick it up as, as, as well. Here's uh, CNN's uh, Berman. And he had on some different people on uh, one of their power panels. And uh, listen to this. They're talking about the Alabama abortion bill. Now, Catherine, that are coming, that journalists are finding of people who would be forced to have children. For instance, an 11-year-old rape victim yes. in Ohio um, would be forced to have that yeah. child. Well, well, there was a vote um, as to whether there would be an exception for cases of rape or incest. And that failed, right? So children who are pregnant, uh, who are definitionally the victims of rape, because we have statutory rape laws in this country, uh, they would be forced to bear their own children. The, the fetus would have to have a lethal anomaly, not just a you know, globally uh, complicated anomaly, a lethal um, anomaly. And I'm just wondering, with lawmakers, with their logic, do they think that the outlook, the future outlook for that 11-year-old and her child will be rosy? Do they think that the taxpayers won't I, have to intervene? I don't in the think they thought it through. I, I really no. don't. I think that their idea of protecting life um, ends at birth. Right? It's it's the idea that we are going to force people to have children and then not going to provide the social services necessary to actually raise those children in a healthy environment. Right. And, and look, this is also what happens uh, when when religion and politics start to mix. And the fact that they did not create an exception for rape or incest is what's going to make this so intentionally toxic and maybe a sign of them going too far legislatively, where, where it's just difficult for it to swallow. But this is going to inflame the culture wars in a deep, fundamental way, and it is intended to do so. Um, whether it takes effect, watch its progress through the courts. But I think most folks, if you look at polling on abortion, will say, if there are no exceptions for rape and incest, um, that is way more extreme. Good people can disagree on this issue, but this is an extreme position. It's explicitly intended to explain. Yes. They say it outright. They yes. want this to go all the way to the court, and they think they have a chance to have the court overrule it. All right. Well, uh, let me just say this one thing about that. They're, they're missing the point. Uh, I agree that that is the most right bill, you know, most conservative bill that can be written, meaning there are no exceptions. And that is done so as to present the full list of options to the Supreme Court so that the Supreme Court will be forced to say what is required constitutionally and what is not. Personhood. That's what they want out of that bill. Right. Well, out of that bill, they want some form of personhood for at least some portion of the pregnancy for at least some portion of those pregnancies. Uh, so they put everything in the bill to see what they can get out of it. This is the political analysis, the political slash legal analysis. So when those folks were saying, well, I can't believe they put rape and incest. And I, I certainly think that, that you can, that folks on the left 
uh, who are willing to make the the um, to recognize the issues that I raised before the break uh, could draw distinctions between rape and incest and other types of abortion if they wanted to, and they're kind of at a loss why the bill didn't. The bill doesn't do that because the proponents of the bill want all the issues to go to the Supreme Court. They want Mm -hmm. a new decision on every aspect of abortion law from this latest Supreme Court. It's a strategic decision. Yeah, it's it's made to get it in front of the Supreme Court. The only way it wouldn't is if the Supreme Court decides they won't hear the yeah, case. Yeah, and it seems unlikely, but that's a, it's a crapshoot, but it seems unlikely. It seems like there's a good chance the Supreme Court would It would just this. mean that somebody else will right, some, then follow some that up court. and do it again. Right, exactly. And, the, and a circuit court would still have to decide. Yeah. Right. So anyway, what, what word did you not hear in there? I don't know. Well, the one woman made the statement, the fetus. Mm-hmm. You say baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they refuse well, yeah, to use exactly. that word. Look, and that's and you know, and I intentionally in I think two segments ago uh, today uh, was switching between fetus, baby, and the thing in the belly in the belly of the mother. It, it, right? But not because I subscribe to all those different views. My point is, I don't want to get into a, a fight over nomenclature. I want a recognition by the left, just as follows: at some point. That thing, to use that term, in the belly of the mother is a person. Now, you might say, but Rob, I think it's, it's all the time or most of the time or some of the time. Yes, okay, I don't even want to go there yet. All I want is the left to say that at any time, at any time, that which the mother is carrying is a person. Then I will have a discussion. I will absolutely have a discussion. But until then... We can't have a discussion because there's nothing to discuss. They are flat earthers until they make that statement. There are a few on the left that will do that, but they are so squeezed out by those who are the extremists when it comes to abortion. It's that simple. That's the problem. Now, there is no time that you can't kill an unborn American citizen. To most leftists, that's correct. Yeah. To most leftists, that's correct, and that's and that's remark and that's a change, by the way. It used to be, as you know, the Democratic Party was not nearly as extreme on abortion, and then you could at least have a discussion with them. And those who were very conservative said, "No, we don't want any abortion," and those uh, on the left said, "Well, we don't want late-term abortion, but here's why we think uh, earlier-term abortion should be uh, permissible and rare, and you know the things that that Bill Clinton used to say, essentially." At least you could have a discussion. I'm not saying you're going to come to an agreement, but you could have a discussion. Today, you can't have a discussion. How do you have a discussion with somebody who says the earth is flat? How do you have a discussion with someone who says that there's that the thing that the mother carries is not a baby until after it comes out and walks around the room? So who denies science here? That's my point. Yeah. The left. They deny science. Right. They're science deniers. I mean, they're they're all about climate change. Right. The science is settled there. But let me tell you what. The science is more settled about on person, biology, um, but personhood biology. than it is about, uh, you know, the climate. And you know what kills me when they say that the science is settled on climate change? And I've said a thousand times on your show, Dave, it's not my area. I don't know a ton about it. But what I do know is when people like Bill Maher tells me that the science is settled, what the heck does Bill Maher know about science? Well, it's like Bill Nye. 
Well, Bill Nye the at least is a scientist. Guy. You know, the at least he's a scientist. Guy. Yeah, but he's he's a, he's a freaking TV scientist for the most uh, part. But he's got a degree in science. Bill Maher says a scientist. How do you know? Because you read some TV Guide version of what the science is? <laughs> some Reader's Digest version of what the science is? That's my point. You don't know. Yeah. You just don't. It, it may turn out it is settled. But he ain't the guy that's going to demonstrate it. That's for sure. And I watch his show. Not often, but sometimes. You know, the only way I can watch it is if I happen to just forget and stumble on it. Yeah, yeah. And then I watched 30 seconds, and I go, nah, it's not changed. Click. Well, you know, he had on his show recently, um, oh, I forget the, the the female comedian kind of, she used to have a talk show, Chelsea Handler. Okay. She literally, you know, we talk about face melters, you know, all these face melters when it comes to, to Trump, these left, they, yes. they go nuts when they talk about Trump. She said, I had to go to a psychiatrist because- Oh, I, yeah, she yeah, admitted that. Right. I mean, it's just, this is not even satire anymore. They literally- have had to get uh, medical treatment for how overwhelmed they are by an election. Yes. All right. I, I'm actually, I'm not making fun of that. I, I appreciate her concession, her coming forward and saying, yeah, this was such a problem for me that it became a medical problem. <laughs> but then, you know, I hope you don't think thereafter that I should be listening to the things that you're saying during the time in which you're going through this nervous breakdown and take them seriously, right? Correct. Now that you're medicated, maybe we can have a conversation <laughs> just, if she's medicated. Just maybe. Maybe. It's a very I think there may be some self-medication self going on there. Yeah, probably is. Know? All right, let's take our yeah. final break. We'll come back. I want to talk about uh, the hammer bill that didn't yeah. get uh, passed, didn't yeah. even get it out of the committee. Right. And uh, we're seeing a uh, black professor. In if, Harvard. If, yeah, in Harvard. If we had a bill, you know, we should have a bill like this because without it, what happened there at Harvard could happen here very could happen easily. At the public schools here. Absolutely. Yeah, very easily. We'll Absolutely. take a break. We'll yep. come back. We'll talk about it. Robert Steinbach's here, Dave Ellswick Show, on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, so a Harvard professor who is a lawyer and an outstanding lawyer at that, or at least according to press reports that I've read, has been told that, uh, you know, he basically can't be a professor at Harvard. No, it's not that he can't be a professor, but he can't be a dean of the, of the college, housing, of or the whatever. housing yeah. college, right? Okay, he can't be that because people might feel intimidated uh, because he is going to represent Harvey. He was, he was representing yeah. Harvey Weinstein. As it turns out, he dropped that as well. He got fired from being the dean, and he dropped the representation of Harvey Weinstein. But it's really remarkable. They well, they fired him because they it, said... Just because you're representing well, they, this person. No, the phrase climate change. I mean, how wonderful is that the left yeah. so uh, uh, adheres to this notion of climate change that applies to anything. And they said, well, the climate in the house that you oversee um, has become uh, bad because people don't like who you represent. Now, they didn't say They said part. toxic. Yeah, toxic. Of course. Listen. You know what word the left uses more than anything about conservatives to try to shut them down, to try to shut down their thought and their speech and their actions? Toxic. Oh, well, if it's toxic, it's got to be stopped. <laughs> right? And that's what the left does. They call, they're a bunch of name callers. They're a bunch of whiners. And they, and they call conservatives toxic, and then they call them racists. So 
They couldn't call this Would guy have, racist though because yeah, he's a black guy. A black so guy. they're like, wait, what? What? We're eating our own. We don't yeah. know what to do. So lefty. Here, this guy, I think, is a lefty. So we use this as an example yeah. of what could happen here, absolutely, in Arkansas. And we had, and, and Kim Hammer had a bill that actually was being uh, introduced by Bob Ballinger because Kim was in a, another meeting. Both senators in the Arkansas legislature, uh, yeah, in the Arkansas legislature, uh, and the bill. Uh, SB 136 quite simply says, as I mentioned before in your show, Dave, that when a government employee, including a teacher, including a professor, including a dean, uh, does something on his own time, says something on his own time, posts on his Facebook on his own time at midnight in his footsie pajamas, the school can't fire him. The governmental entity can't fire him. It applies beyond just uh, schools. It's any government worker. And I told you who spoke out against this. University came, oh, gosh, no. Yeah. You know, we're a place of free speech. We can't have that. Wait, what? And then, of course, the government-funded um, anti-citizen uh, uh, municipal league that, remember, takes government dollars to represent bureau hacks. Yeah. That's what it does. And we're yeah. going to pass a law. I'm not joking, Dave. We're going to pass a law that prevents government funding for these private lobbying groups because that's what I the municipal agree with league that, is. As it should be. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. Uh, and so they came out, oh, no, because they basically represent the managers of municipalities. And guess right. what the managers want to do? They want to tell their employees how to think, what to say. And goes, who, who are the managers? A bunch of leftist entrenched pure hacks. Well, by the way, I've, I've uh, heard through the grapevine, you know, the drums are thumping out there, that someone is going to bring a FOIA lawsuit against Mayflower. Oh, okay. What's going on? Well, in Mayflower, yeah. that, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Remind you, me. If I mention it, you'll, yeah. I'll spur your memory here. They're going, they were going to charge. Oh, here we go. For you to get the files that That's you right. want and stuff. That's right. That's right. And it's against uh, state law. It, it, it's remarkable. Uh, you met uh, uh, my friend, uh, Chris Corbett. Who, a great guy. Great guy. He's one of the best FOIA lawyer, lawyers. I can never get that out. Lawyers in the state. Uh, Joey McCutcheon is another excellent Had FOIA. Had him on several times yep. here. Uh, um, the guy over here, John Tull, is an excellent FOIA uh, law, lawyer. Uh, and these guys know uh, how often... These um, municipalities violate the FOIA. Guess, guess. By the way, who represents inevitably the municipalities in trying to keep transparency down and trying to not comply with the FOIA? Almost always the municipal league. Sure, the municipal league. They uh, stumbling on. They're not the, for transparency. They, uh, they say they are, Dave. Yeah, I don't understand. They 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 told me they're for transparency. Actions speak louder mm-hmm. than words. Mm-hmm. And Corbett has a case now against uh, the Little Rock uh, wastewater. They changed the name, but it's 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 the Little Rock sewer system, and they're going to court now. And they're saying, "Oh well, if we're in court, we don't have to comply with the FOIA." Read my book. Do me a favor. I'll send a free <laughs> copy of my book to the municipal league. Please read my book. That is that is exactly the opposite. Of what the law of is. Of what you say. It's exactly the opposite of what's yeah. in my book. And I'm not even going to go into details. You don't, we don't need to go into details now. They just are completely wrong on the law. I mean, embarrassingly wrong on the law. And they're not going to win. 
But this is what I'm just so tired of these bureau hacks making up the law. Well, here's the key. If if you're the one, let's say it's me, all mm-hmm. right, yeah. and I'm bringing up a um, lawsuit against the uh, Mayflower Police Department. Right. Who's got more money? Yeah, exactly. You know, me or, you know, a state a, a state agency. Right, state or local entity. They are. That no less. They do. Gives money. They do. And then they, they take some of their money. But it's not their money. It's your money. Yeah. They take taxpayer-raised money and pay every year to a private organization called the Municipal League. Wait, what? And they give that money to them so that, amongst other things, the Municipal League could, A, defend them when they violate the FOIA, and B, lobby in the legislature against your interests. How's that right? We're going to put an end to it, Dave. Well, there's a lot of things that need to be put an right. end to. And, 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 you know, we made some baby, I'm going to say baby steps mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the last session because yeah. we had freedom of speech and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's not been challenged yet. I yeah. expect that we'll get some challenges in, within two years, could be, could be, and uh, and we'll we'll beat them back at that point. But uh, coming up in two years, there's several things that people didn't get through this session that I expect to oh, see yeah. come we're up gonna the get, next session. We're going to get SB 136. It'll be renumbered uh, through uh, the next session. I guarantee it. Uh, and also, we're going to get Bob Ballinger to become the Attorney General, um, and we're going to have Tim uh, Griffin as the Governor. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have Dan Sullivan as a senator. And Kim Hammer will continue to be a senator. Yep. Um, maybe he'll, be, we, he'll be working towards the end of his first term. That's right. That's right. Uh, and uh, we're going to get a lot of things done that we weren't able to get done this session. And we're going to build on what we got done uh, this session. I guarantee it. Well, I think that, you know, I don't want to put words into senator hammer's mouth but if you listen to when we had senator uh ballinger on with him Mm -hmm. that you know senator ballinger basically said that the longer you're there in those marbled halls Mm -hmm. the more you find that people will lie to you Mm -hmm. face to face Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna stand behind your law yeah. Of course, I like Kim. Kim says, I'm not going to tell anybody that I know is going to be running a squirrely piece of legislature. If you support mine, I'll support yours. She says, that's a bad, bad thing to get involved in. Kim Kim is an honest, uh, hardworking legislator, uh, and he got a, a number of good things passed, and he's going to get even more passed yep. uh, next time. Uh, and I uh, look forward to working with him uh, and various other legislators, as did you. Uh, as we both did in this last session. Yeah, I, I and I hope that I was able to show that if you're a Democrat and you come up with a common sense piece of legislation, right. I'll have you on and I'll That's get right. behind it. That's right. You had a number. I, I wish I could remember. Yeah, right we now, had, had uh, you know, we had uh, Clowney and we had, uh, oh, what's her name, um, over there? Uh, Joyce she, Elliott? Yeah, Joyce Elliott. She was she on said the this was another state representative state that yeah. flowers, Vivian yeah. Flowers. Yeah. And she, she had a good piece of legislation about 
recording oh, yeah, being that forced to, That's to right. record. That's a good transparency. I'm sure bill. it is. I met with her. Absolutely. A very nice uh, uh, state rep. And, with a, and I told her in a public uh, meeting that that was a, a good piece of legislation. It's not left or right. Here's the thing no. about transparency. Here's the thing about the Freedom of Information Act, folks. It's not conservative or liberal. It's about good or bad government. If you're for transparency, you're for good government. If you're against transparency, and that's what the entrenched bureau hacks are. Why? Then, yeah, why? Why? Because <laughs> some of them make six-figure salaries, and they don't want you to know about it. That's why. That's why. And yeah. we're sick and tired of it. Yeah. Sick and tired of it. Same way we're sick and tired of paying uh, uh, a transfer tax on a used car that's worth less than $7,500, and we can't even pass that bill. Yeah, if you voted no against that bill, you're not a true conservative. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I agree. Yeah, you had no problem in uh, punishing your constituents. Yeah. There's no, there's no, well, we needed the money. Uh, Don't work that way. Don't cut it. Doesn't work that way. That's like the guy that comes up to you on the street with a gun and a knife and says, give me your wallet. And you say, well, it's mine, but I need the money. Yeah. Sorry. That, that, that ain't, that ain't going to fly. Well, will you feel better before they pass the bill if they say please? Yeah, exactly. No, (laughs) no. Mm-hmm. All right, brother. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. We're going to have Mark Johnson, state senator, yep. on tomorrow. He's yep. going to bring us up to date on that law that he started and he couldn't get it through, but he t- took it to interim committee and they'll be working on it. He feels that it, they'll be able to pass it when they have the financial right. meeting coming up Session. next year. Right. This deals with punishing people that commit a felony while they're in office, and it has to do with their office. So. We'll, we'll get into it tomorrow. You won't want to miss uh, uh, talking about that and hearing what uh, Robert has to say about it as well. I'll see you tomorrow, bro. Yes, you will. All right. God bless. Let's take a break. And uh, Joe and Duck, I believe, are coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Let's get to the 4 o'clock hour. We got Joe here. We've got Duck here. And uh, Tell Russell sometime next week I'll get a hold of him and we'll put those new headlights in. Ain't no problem. I'm looking forward to it. You ain't got your lights fixed yet? No, I haven't. I had to wait. I got to wait till I get paid. Oh, okay. No, you don't. Yeah. Just get in the car and drive down there. I like to. I'm trying to change my ways. Dave likes to pay up front for everything now. Yeah, as I'm going. That's good. Try to do that. It's a good practice. Yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm good. Do it different than the U.S. government does. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I have been taking their their pointers, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just for people watching, I'm getting ready to put the white lights in, so I can fight fire with fire when I'm out yeah. driving. Try right. be like I don't rattle Russell to follow me in his truck. I know, I know. I'm thinking about getting me one. Now he said he took his light bar off. Yeah, I'm thinking about putting one on because when you're driving Russell's down Russell's got a cheap one he'll say yeah, when you're driving down when you're driving down highway 5 and the rain is coming down you could use a little extra light out there yes you could it gets dark out there quick yeah like even before the sun goes totally down it's dark yes I, I hate driving from, you know, right as the sun goes down, right before it gets really dark. That's really a tough time. That's, that's one of the worst my times hardest of the time, time to see good. When, you're, yes. when the sun's just coming up or when the sun <laughs> is just going down. It's when you're supposed to slay a dragon, you know that, don't you? No, I didn't know that. That's right. It's in that area between. Because the dragon can't see that well? That's correct. 
I didn't know that. I, I don't know that for a fact. I'm not a dragon slayer. <laughs> so I was just going to say, are you, is, is it, should no. we start calling you Sir George? No. no. <laughs> he won't be the king slayer. He's the dragon slayer. <laughs> I can't remember the name of that movie that uh, that was in. But Braveheart. <laughs> was that Braveheart? No, it was... Uh, With Quaid, what if his it name was, is? Uh, not Braveheart. What was it? Mel Gibson? No, 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 no. Uh, no. That's Mel Gibson. I'm. There was a Dragon Heart. This this movie was. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Or was Fire it the, or something other? Or was it the? Oh, was it the one where? Uh, yeah, they dragons took over the yeah, earth. Yeah, the dragons took uh, over the earth. That had. Um, what's his name? McConaughey. In McConaughey. Yeah. yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. And uh, what's his name from the People versus Larry Flint? Yeah, he was I, in it. I know that guy. I can't think. Yeah, of his I can't right think now. of his name right now. <laughs> yeah, Zombie Land. Come on, Zach. He knows who played in Zombie Land. But anyway, he's looking it up in that movie. That's what they said. That's on, that's on time a dragon can't see it's between dusk and dawn or dawn and dusk. There's just not enough that light. midnight hours. What they call it? Or in, something. I don't know. Wow that 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 sounds like a great name for a song. Yeah. I hope I'm asleep during that time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm trying to think of. Okay, did you find the name for me? We're better. Did at you go IMDb? Was he Zombieland? It has a Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. That's who it was. We uh, we're better at uh, remembering how to fix your car than we are how to kill a dragon. <laughs> or, or remember a who movie. Played in that or, movie. Or now, wait a second. I may be wrong here. Woody Harrelson was not the kind of bad guy in this it was uh mcconaughey yeah the other guy the guy played batman yes in batman begins yes that's who it uh, was. that was american psycho and all of that mm-hmm. he is the good guy in it yeah i'm proud you remember all that yeah well i didn't i didn't really you knew remember. more than i did <laughs> yeah okay so i got a i just got a text back from mark lowry he's going to be here tomorrow Good. And uh, he says, uh, Joe, Joe's Garage asked me to come on the show on the 29th when you do remote at his place. You want me to do both? Here's the direct answer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that wasn't a hard one to give you an answer to. Yes, Mark. Come on, baby. He's figure we'll it like out. like to have you on. Yeah. He's, come he's on a down. good legislator. And, uh, <clears throat> so the reason we're going to have him on, and I'm waiting for Dan Sullivan to get back to me, is we're going to ask them to give a grade for the last general assembly. Okay. I had to come, I had a couple other people that I wanted to come on. I was going to have two women on, but they neither one can make it right now. Hmm. That was Robin Lundstrom and uh, Julie New, uh, Mayberry, who is your man, your uh, uh, representative. Yes, she's a good job. She did a good job this year. So let's talk about the car show because that's coming up here in about. Two weeks. Two weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks, yeah. Three weeks from this Friday. Yep. And uh, it's going to be a great, great show. This is going to be really, really a good show. Typical, all of the different categories we've always done in the past. We're going to have the uh, the rat uh, mobiles that are going to be out there as two. Going to be out there too. <clears throat> the rat rods. The rat rods. And, uh, you know, when I think of that, I always think of uh, who was it that that did the models, Joe, that we used to put together. And 
there was like a big rat that drove uh, drove those um, those cars. Those, you know, it was sitting inside the car and <laughs> mm-hmm. had the real high gear shift up here and all of that. Mm. You remember that? Yeah, I remember it. Okay, I can't remember. It was rat. They they had rat rods too, but it mm. wasn't the same kind of rat rod that you're well, talking about. You know, look at the guy who built the monster mobile. You know, built yeah. a coffin mobile. I mean, you know, he, yeah. You know, and you know, basically that is a rat rod, even though they're more fancier than a rat rod. But it it is basically that. So the car show, Dave, is coming up here on June the, June the first, which is a the first Saturday in June. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Corky's Barbecue there for one of the food trucks, and the other one is going to be it's called Homestyle Burgers and Fries. Good. Uh, they have hamburgers, hot dogs. Uh, uh nachos uh corn dogs stuff like that they're going to be there i'm still trying to line the coffee guy up he's still debating whether he wants to or not but we'll at least have two food trucks uh i've talked to one other guy but he hadn't committed yet uh, he's still kind of on the fence but we do have them two lined up corky said yeah. they can handle it they have enough people there they can handle it so is that yeah. is that what they're worried about is that they're not going to have enough people to take care of the crowd i mean yes. last like last, last year. year it blew the guy away well yeah. he had a flat getting there remember and then he got there and then he wasn't expecting it to have that many people and, and, and he was supposed to have three people helping him wind up and, by himself yeah, and, and they, they didn't show up so it, it was kind of a it was kind of a, a mess but I think this year we 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 have prepared a lot better for it. So. Yes, and, and and it's it's a work in progress, guys. Just remember that we're it, learning it, as we go. It, you know, and and just think about it, Dave. I mean, uh, Joe. Uh, what's it been? Ten years now. Yeah, this be this tenth, tenth one. Think about ten years ago when we when me and you hashed this out, yeah. <laughs> sitting having lunch one day. Yeah. And neither one of us had no earthly idea of what we was going to do. I mean, we was... We thought, well, that, that'll work. Let's try that. Yep. We, we figured sh- out some of those, that'll work. We'll try that. Didn't work. So. Yep. It bit us, so... There he is. Yep. Rat Fink. Rat, Rat Fink. Fink. Yep. That's him. <laughs> but That's him. the car show is going to be... Uh, we're going to start taking people in probably around 7. Yep. I'll, I'll be there because I'm actually going to spend the night there. I'm just going to go up there and stay. But uh, last year at 5.30, our hard cars pull up because yep. I was right beside the building. And so if you want inside the building, it's first come, first serve. Yeah, we tried that pre-registration and getting everybody in. It just We can't do it because they'll show up at five late. minutes to 10. And, yes, and say, I'm reserved. And, 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 you know, a guy that's been waiting in line for a while, he says, I want that last spot. So yep. it's, it's can't do it. So it's first come, first serve. Uh, they're going to start running it on, on the big screens around, the, you know, around Arkansas to, uh, Friday. All right. Uh, they're going to run it all. On the billboard? Yeah, on Good. the billboards. Uh, we got the truck to use for the arrow sign pointing, you know, into mm-hmm. it uh, and everything. So. I think everything is pretty well lined and ready to go. All we got to do is go prepare the floor, get the floor marked, get all the tape put down, and start taking people in on Saturday morning. Okay, so I was just talking about the the models, the rat yes. pink models. Ed Roth, remember that name? Mm-hmm. Ed Big Daddy Roth. And he put together cars like that. Yep. That was his big claim it's to like fame. like George... Uh, What's his last name? Barris or something like that. Yeah. Because he's mean, the one that built the Monster Mobile and all that stuff. Yeah, because you just look at all. He look built Batman's car. 
Oh, yeah. You got all of this. Looks good. Yeah. yeah. We should have that kind of a category. Do you think there's anybody out there that still remembers Ed Roth? Oh, I bet it is. That's well, all technically, there. there's a category like that. You would, you would call it a custom-built muscle car, something like that. Okay. And, and, you know, we've got that category there. It's just when you register. If you register for the year of your car, you can compete in that class, or you can say, I just want to compete for the best muscle car. Yes. You know, so. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> it's got more motor than anything. <laughs> Did you see that, Zach? The big old motor in the front of that car? Yeah. That's crazy. That's just stuff and, that he used to do. And I had one of my customers I was working on her her Dodge Sprinter van or motor home. She was in there Monday, I think it was, and I was talking to her. And, and she's been hearing us talk about it on the radio, and she sees the flyer at the shop and stuff. And mm-hmm. they just got their, uh, I think it's a 57 Chevrolet two-door, completely redone. It is jet. I've seen pictures of it, and it is Good, they're going to bring it? Yep. She said, we'll be there bright. They don't live, but about a mile and a half from there. Mm -hmm. So she said, we'll be there. George Barris' most famous car. Yep, the Monster Mobile. Nope, not Mobile. What is that one? It was the Munster Coach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what it was called. I saw that at the drag strip. Yeah. It actually ran. Yeah. It got it and ran fast. You know, one place I'd I'd love to go see, uh, Dave. What's that? And you ought to be able to get us hooked up on this where we can go look at it. I want to go to see Jay Leno's garage. Oh, my God. He's got a car museum. I know, but you ought to be able to get us hooked up, Dave. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With all your high power pulling. I wish. You know, I I, wish. That's, Teresa asked me one time, she said, "What? where would you really like to go and see something? And I didn't take me just a second. I told her, I said, I'd go see Jay Leno's stuff. Yeah, she he's said, got all of it. You would really? I said, in a heartbeat. And I want to ride in it, too. I just don't want to go look at it. I'm going to take a ride in some of them old steam wagons he's got and stuff. But uh, that would be neat to go see because he has some fine-looking stuff, you know. Yep. There's, uh, there's Grandpa's car. Yeah, that's the coffin car. That's the coffin car. Yeah. yeah. But I, we're wonder, gonna... I wonder if he does any kind of traveling show or anything. I don't I know. I bet you people it's pay money to see a long time ago, Dave. He's, he may be... He may be gone. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, well, you guys keep talking. I'll find out. But but the car show is going to be on June. <laughs> Dave's surfing the net while we're talking. That's yeah. cool. I like Find's it. Out. On June the first, we'll all be there. It'll be all the bumper to bumper. You can you can buy a chance to win a sixty five sixty five inch. We have two of them, Duck. Uh, you can buy, mm-hmm. and all the money this the TVs was donated. In every dollar that we raise, sell them tickets, and they're going to be two dollars a ticket. You can go to the mm-hmm. Ronald McDonald people and buy the tickets from them uh you're gonna get a drawing to to win a 265 inch tvs and you got to be there to win them you have to be there to win them you can't come in and sign up minute we give them to you yeah and but uh you know it ought to be a great time you know the weather should be nice i hope but if it's not we're inside an air conditioner if it's hot day or rainy day ed roth's been dead for 17 years well i don't figure that yeah that's too bad he was 69 when he died. He'd really be old. Yeah, he, he died a, young, though. Yeah, some time ago. You know, 60 ain't near as old as I used to think it was. Mm, yeah. 
I yeah. was ancient when I was like 20. Do, yeah. you, do you remember singing along with the Who? Hope I die before I get old. Yeah, yeah and not anymore. No. <laughs> I, I want to live a few more. I ain't quite yeah, ready yet. I kind of like what I'm, I'm doing right now. But the overall winner will get a $1,000 shopping spree yep. through bumper to bumper. Uh, you know, uh, but everyone that's listening, come on out to us. You'll have a wonderful Yeah, You'll have see a great some time. great some fancy corvettes yes uh, you will some fancy chevrolets some fancy fords some fancy dodges i hope whoever comes back i hope they come back with that uh that purple it's got such a great paint job on that vet and it's a classic one it's in the from the 60s that's and uh, it's awesome looking butch friend from over at the american shifty <sighs> it's a beautiful yeah. car i remember when they drove in parked <clears> it <throat> i see him come in i go Who's going to be able to beat that? And not only that day, a bunch of other people did because they was yeah. all standing around it, you know. And uh, and they thought it was a shoe in and yep. did not win, didn't even show. No, nope, he got fourth place. That's, that tells you how good they are. Well, you know, the, the cars. those cards are judged three times at our show by three different judges, and it's the cumulative average of that score is what they get scored at. So it, it's, a, it's a good process that we have. Yeah, it's and, true. And there will be difference in first and second and third and fourth in any category. Spit. It's going to be one or two points. Yeah. I it's guarantee thin. There, there, there's, there's We've looked at the score sheets, hadn't we, Doug? Yes. So I'm just telling you, you know, that it is really good. Was it last year it was so no. close it was yes. determined on the flip of a coin? No, no last year, year before. Year before. They were tied, and we couldn't we couldn't find anything. Nobody wrong. could break it. No, so we just they agreed. Well, somebody's got to win. Flip the coin, call it. That's the way it went. Yeah, it got down to counting paint chips, and got down to looking for rust, and mm-hmm. got it's down to going around checking the, the chrome toss. What that was? Yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and but the good thing about it is the guy that won that that lost that won last year. Yeah, yeah. He came back and, and this pickup. He yeah, won the next year. Sure so. Did. <clears throat> yeah, the guy who won it the year before was that that fifty five? Yes, that was uh, Bud Burnett. Yeah. yeah, that's a nice car, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Joe told me to the Wolf Dave. I seen right. him yesterday at the shop, and uh, he came by in his red Chevy truck, and uh, he's going to be there this year. He already told me. He said, "I'm, I'm, I'm be there." So okay, it, the gauntlet has been thrown down. But I had yeah. the funny feeling. We've been picking up more and more cars, and uh, there's a lot of cherry cars out there. There is, and they show up. It's going to be great to to see the, you know, how the scoring on all that goes. You know, that's why I was telling Joe Dave a while ago. One of my customers was in there Monday and was working on a Sprinter motorhome, and they just finished their. I think it's a '57 two door Chevrolet. She said they've worked on it for nine years. Ooh. It's a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of yeah. money. She said they had it down to nothing but mm-hmm. the frame rail sitting there in the floor. Mm-hmm. And went from there all the way back up. And i seen pictures of it. It's black in color with black interior. Um, and a black car is very hard to make it look good. Well, it's hard to keep it looking clean. Well, not only that, it shows every little wrinkle. Yeah. Black every, is like a mirror. Yeah. It shows everything. And. And I've seen well, some I fall pictures. in love with it. I'll be looking at it, see myself fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. You'll be looking, you who's that ugly guy in there? <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, I can tell you one better than that. Teresa called me about an hour ago. Yeah. She, she want to show her car this year? No. 
Oh, okay. She called me. She said, hey, I went out and motor home get me a Dr. Pepper. Uh-oh. And I opened her refrigerator, and there's people talking in the refrigerator. So I first thought she was joking with me. And then she said, I'm not joking. And I said, Tracy, honey, there ain't nobody in the refrigerator. She, well, it dawned on me a couple of weeks ago when we was camping. I had the outside radio on, and it's got a switch up on the dash that you can turn it from outside to inside. Right. Well, yeah. she'd got up there wiping the dash and everything down, and switch. she'd hit the switch. So and, the radio was playing. And it's right underneath <laughs> the refrigerator. So she hears it echoing through the refrigerator. Oh, no. I said, no, honey, it's all right. You just knocked it outside You're radio You're not on. haunted. You're not going yeah. to be on A&E. You know, that's she not going to happen. She was pretty excited when she called. I bet. All right, a break, and then we'll back to talk more. If you got a question, 823-0965. These gentlemen are ready to go, and I use that term loosely. Joe and Duck from the Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Centers will return after these. All right, so what we've been talking about is the car show. You just heard... Uh, Russ talking about it in our commercial as well. You really need to come if you if you like to look at at classic automobiles that a lot of love and care and time and whatever word you want to use adjectives money. yeah money have been put into them. This is the show to come to because you're going to see some really cool things. And then the rat rods are really co- cool to look at because that that's cars. People took their imaginations and Made did all junk. kinds of things out of it. One had, like, uh, the last couple of years, there's one that the gas tank was a still. Yeah. Yep. The little truck that looks like the Beverly Hillbillies yeah. truck that was yeah. in a rat rod. That's pretty cool looking. Yeah, you know, one year we had cool. one that, that had a, for air cleaner, he took a, uh, a potty, you know, like back in the days when they had the potty, you know, deals. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, that was his air cleaner. Bedpan on there. The yeah. bedpan. Yeah. Bed pan. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know and, and they got a really unique every year the the trophy changes what it looks like but it one thing that doesn't change you will weigh at least 40 pounds mm-hmm. yeah i've got a camshaft out of a uh <laughs> isx cummins that we're going to use oh my gosh i've got a couple of rods out of a uh, cummins and i got one out of a detroit russell i laid it all on the floor until russell here Put that so together. It's his imagination. I, you know, if he uses it all fine. If he don't, we'll pile it over and pile for next year. But it'll be, it will be a very cool trophy to put on bill. your manual. And your it, mantle and it'll weigh, your last fireplace. year it weighed forty pounds. Yeah, I took. We used a flywheel off of a, off of a Chevrolet truck that, for the base stand. Yeah. yeah, for the base stand. Use a camshaft out of a of a six point two Chevrolet. And the timing chain out of it, we just so happened we'd put a camshaft stuff in a Chevrolet. And so, you know, he just, he gathers stuff up for a while. Then he'll sit down one, one Saturday down there and he'll start welding. He'll ask me, Dad, what do you think? I don't know. <laughs> keep, keep putting stuff till you get tired and you get tired, quit. Yeah. That's it. There you go. But it is unique. Just you like know, your cars are unique. Everything that goes on there is different because you're going to be there with all 10 of the car and truck doctors. Yes. We're going to be on the air for two hours. <coughs> and everybody that's and I'll a be CSC, there this year. all 10 of them, yes, Dave will be there. He's not got a graduation to yeah. go to. So, But we all give away something of a monetary value as well as some swag. Uh, Stephanie's got some little uh, backpacks with drawstrings on them you wear. Yeah, yeah, I got some. Sunglasses and some lip balm, and that's what we're giving away. So. 
you'll you'll get something from every one of the CSCs. Yeah. And we all give away something monetary value anywhere from fifty to hundred bucks. So if there's ten of us there, you know, that's another thousand dollars worth of free giveaways right there. Yeah. Plus and all the swag you're gonna get. So I told Ashton when she was ordering all this here about six weeks ago, I said, Be sure and get me some whistles and I got boated down. <laughs> from whistles didn't yeah. want a bunch of whistles inside that big uh echoing no. place even the customer said uh i still got about 40 left from the last time yeah i'm taking them with me they just don't know it yet were people were people blowing them while they were there oh man the kids take them home and, <laughs> and the parents are distraught over the whistles <laughs> yeah i got i got in trouble so, so. Hey, duck's name was mentioned a lot with some other words that kind yeah. of rhyme, you know? yeah it had some bad some bad stuff on the end of it so so okay. she bought frisbees and drawstring bags and um i don't remember she went through and picked out quite a, you know some stuff to give away so but the frisbees she's uh you know she got them so always fun stuff yep it's a great time all the whistles i always thought was neat because i didn't have to hear them when i got home by the way i haven't seen it have you guys seen the 2019 shirt yet yes, yes. i have not seen it we won't have them until i think uh sometime next week they'll be out yeah i was thinking chris yep. told me about the middle of next week when yep. i was gonna get them in yep is there anything cool about them? i mean this year's look any different than the past mm, uh, it's quite regular like like we last changed year. the car and and the names on the back are a little different because we had a couple guys fall out and some guys come in you know past years so. well i'm gonna fight for the 2020 shirt to be a, a salute to ed big daddy roth and I think we need to have a rat pink shirt. I'm sure. All you got is come to the meeting. That's That'd it. be cool. That would be very cool. You know, we let anybody that shows up our meeting. I know vote. you let me in, and you let me, votes, you'll yeah. even let me eat. Yeah, we do that. We feed you. <laughs> yep. But you guys got to remember there. that the car and truck doctor <clears throat> show and this show right here and that car show is all sponsored by Bumper to Bumper. Yes, they're great people. And, you know, the reason we use them is kind of simple, isn't it, Duck? They have yes. the best parts at the best price and at the best one service. That's it. And they deliver to us. And, yes. And there's a difference. in when we talk about best price, we're not talking about the cheapest price. We're talking about the no. best price you can get on a quality part. Oh, you see Delco, Motorcraft, Standard. Gates. Something that's going to stand up to the wear and Wicks. tear a car goes through. The list goes on and on. So that way... If if I put an alternator on it and it gets over here to Joe's and it goes bad, for 24 months or 24,000 miles, it gets replaced free. And let's use one of the bumper-to-bumper -bumper cards and then and it gets 36,000 miles or, yes. you know, 36 months. So, That's it. You know, and but the car show, Dave, as you know in the past, it's, it's been wonderful. And it's been growing every year since we started it 10 years ago. But every dollar that we raise goes strictly to Ronald McDonald House. A great Joe. organization. <clears throat> and if you've not seen the new Ronald McDonald House, amazing. Just ride down by it and look up at it for what these people done with donations and done it and, a lot with a little bit of money. Best yes, I and you walk inside it. They went from a room about the size of the room we're sitting in for a kitchen to a nice place, and you know uh, it's just. We use their their conference rooms upstairs when we have our meeting. Room, yeah. It's nice. It's quiet. I mean, uh, it's just a wonderful place. And every person over there is just as nice and friendly as they can be, Annie Joe. Yes, they're they're great folks. They I'm go glad out to be partnered. They with go them, out of their sure. way, and 
Um, it's just wonderful people, and they're going to be there this year. Uh, Ronald McDonald's not. We didn't get him this year. They only have yeah, a few of them. He's a busy guy. <clears throat> Got to start. Yeah. I, told, I told him we can – well, we started last year at this time to get really? him. But I told Chris, I said, we can get him a suit. Oh, Chris from Bumper to Bumper. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's, he's couple, about the right time. Ty- he's about the right size. About the right height and everything. Yeah. Well, we may get him in the future. We'll we'll have to see. I got a question from a uh, car owner out there. <clears throat> okay. It's kind of uh, he wants to know, Duck. He's got a uh, Chevrolet twenty fourteen, and uh, it's got active fuel management on it. And he wants to know if there's any way to get rid of the active fuel management without changing. Could we reprogram it? No. And there's not any way for us to do that. There are some programmers out there that you can purchase, like a Diablo, and you can now... Race me tune. Yeah, and and you have to put your VIN number in that and set that programmer up, and then that programmer is specific for that vehicle only, so you can't use it on multiple vehicles. No. But you can set it up for fuel economy or light performance, heavy performance, or you can go into the personal options, and if you want to get rid of the active fuel management, you go into the personal options, and you can turn it off in there. Yeah, you can. It's still all there, but you can turn it off. You can turn it off, but that programmer is about three hundred dollars. Yes. Well, I, they went up, Joe. Yeah. Uh, they've had a spike in them because I bought one here a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago for a uh, Denali that had a six two in it. Yeah. That's, camshaft went down lifter went down ate the camshaft up and that's mm-hmm. what we did did and it was about five hundred dollars what they are now okay and I, now don't get me wrong that wasn't a diablo that was a race me tune that's the yeah. company that i use you can do a little shopping yeah but i think the last one that i had uh, <coughs> uh was cost me about 279 289 and you had to order it and it's about 300 bucks when yeah. i got it and but that's the only way that we know and and you know because any programming that we do in the aftermarket world comes from the manufacturer it doesn't matter who it is don't matter and they don't have anything in there to eliminate that so you're going to have to do something aftermarket if you want to get rid of the active fuel management which is the part of the engine that cancels out the lifters and it goes from four cylinder from v8 to six to four right Doug? no it goes from v8 to four cylinders now they dropped to six they don't go to six no more Okay. Strictly V8 or four-cylinder. That's on the light models? Yes. Um, okay. Yes. But anyway, it's uh, that's the only way we know to do it, so I hope that it helps is. you. And if you got a, with us, like my truck's a 5.3, it kills the right two middle cylinders, and on the left side, it kills the front and the back one. Mm-hmm. That's how they keep it in balance so it ain't yeah. shaking your teeth out going down the road. That's correct. Uh, but on mine, I can I know when mine kicks in because you, 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 you feel can, it. Yeah, and you also can hear the engine chain sounds, too. Well, and, and, you know, if you're going down the freeway at, at 65 mile an hour cruising and it's in four-cylinder mode, if you decide to punch the gas and go around it, there's going to be a little delay there. There is a lag. It has to pick those cylinders back up and put them back in time to fire them and everything. Well, it, it's got to pick your foot up, mash on accelerator, then it has to think a second. That's it. And tell the ECM, okay, he wants to go turn them back on well it's got to make one round so they come back in yeah. so it's going to be a little lag there and that's a lot of people don't like that but yeah it, it has a stagger mine has a stagger everybody does uh, you know everybody that you know they'll come in and tell me about it i tell them these that's just normal yeah they're so, trying to get the the and like my truck the best fuel mileage i've ever got out of mine me and Teresa was going somewhere and i was running at 60 mile an hour mm-hmm. it got 31.1 miles a gallon that's a whole lot better than mine Mine's a 2013, 
and I have <coughs> I get right now about fifteen eight sixteen one. Now I did I had some big tires and wheels on it, and I had a lift kit on it and all that. I took all that back off. But when I had the big tires and wheels on lift kit on duck, I got twelve and a half. <laughs> so that stuff does make a difference. But Even now, a level kit raising that front end up in the air yep. affects the fuel economy on well, it. And so that's, that, that takes that yes. affects the uh, aerodynamics yes, of the car. Yes, and, and you it, wouldn't think it'd be that much, but it, it'll get you a mile and a half, two miles a gallon just doing that. That's like mine when I hook my red two axle trailer pulling my tractor. Yeah, nine. Yep. And it don't matter if you're running at sixty mile an hour or eighty mile an hour. About nine, nine and a half is the best it's going to do. On average, mine gets about 21 on day in, day out on average. But, you know, unless I'm in a hurry to go somewhere and, <laughs> and it don't quite make that. I'm in a hurry everywhere I go. Well, I just want to go. I want to get there. So. Yeah, I'm wet like that <laughs> I, as well. You know. And I'll call Russell or, and call and talk to Russell, and I'll be going somewhere and, and to get something. He said, Dad, how fast are you driving? Speed limit. Maximum amount, and you know, you know, you know what he asked me. He said, "Are you driving the speed limits that's posted, or are you driving the speed limits in your head?" What difference does it make? I'm driving the speed limit. <laughs> Somebody's speed limit. <laughs> I yeah. got you. And right. then they'll call me. You got the seatbelt on? Yes. Yep, got to do that. Most specialized, I got a ticket for no seatbelt. No, day. okay, yeah, you told us that story. All right, yeah. let's get a break, and then we'll come back and finish up today's edition of of joe and duck here on the dave ellswick show don't forget about applied research center now enrolling in some different studies they got a lot of them let me give you three of them they got a neck and back pain study if your age is 18 to 65 you must have a sudden onset of back pain due to muscle spasms if you've ever had that you know how painful it really can be and uh, they're doing a study on that they probably can help you out Low testosterone, if you're ages 45 to 80, they can uh, test you, see if you're low testosterone, help you get that testosterone up. And then diabetes, type 2 diabetes, if you have it, you're on metformin only, and you're of the ages of 18 and older. Remember, you get the medicine free, you get uh, some money for travel and things of that nature. You can make uh, a little bit of uh, some pretty good money on this. Uh, but you got to call and you got to talk to them. Called Applied Research Center of Arkansas for further details regarding any of the clinical trials that I talked about or any of them that they're offering. The number is 501 954 7822. Let me give you the number one more time 501 954 7822. All right, we've got eight minutes till the top of the hour. Let's give away a wet and dry vac. Shop vac. Yeah, uses a five-gallon bucket that comes with this. And uh, we'll take it uh, over in Benton. Was it 408? 408 Watson Street. Dick Evans. Evans uh, Evans Automotive. Okay. Evans Auto Parts, excuse me. So caller number two, 823-0965. Hurry. 823-0965. Call now. All right. (laughs) You got to be the second caller, so you better hurry up. There's first one, next one wins, next one is going to win hurry. this. So when you call, you're the winner. We just hung up. Up oh, there it is. Click goes the button. We got a winner. You somebody just uh, some and more calls coming. Sorry, we've got a winner. So is it is it next just week, saying. Joe? We're at your place or the week after? 
No, week next after. week we're in Ryan. Okay, yeah, Ryan's. We're at Ryan's, and then uh, then the 29th will be at my place. Okay, going to do pizza over at Ryan's, and then we're going to do some pulled pork or something over at Joe's. Going to have some brisket and pulled pork. There you go, brisket. Mm-hmm. Get there early. Yep. What time's uh, lunch? Well, I feed my guys from 12 to 1, and anybody else, customers that want to show up in that time, of course, we don't go on the air till 2, so. Right. I'm going to say be there by 1, and you'll have plenty to eat, Dave. Okay, I'll be there. Yeah. I was there at 1 o'clock yeah. at Ducks, and they were uh, out of fish. Yeah. <laughs> he got he got slammed. Yeah. 200 and, well, they stopped counting at 210. Yeah. You got slammed. I before they ever put the thing on the ta- put the fish on the table, every table in there was full. I mean, it was probably seventy, eighty people standing there, you know, waiting. And I had told them, "Don't be here until eleven forty-five, because that's." Mm-hmm. And and I had told the you know the guy that was cooking the fish, you know, eleven forty-five, and it about uh, thirteen minutes to twelve. He told me, "He said, all right, it's ready." And Pretty wow. good timing, then. They did. He uh, and I'll. They're going to do it again next year. I already done. Good. Told them to save me a date in May next year. So I got to tell you what I uh, I love their hush puppies. Their their fish was they good had, too. They had some really good jalapeno hush puppies, and they were yummy. Yep, those hush puppies were good. Yeah, sure. and it was. Uh, and I'm not a big you know hush puppy eater. Really not. You know, and and uh, Rick called me and apologized. He said, "Hey, look." But it really wasn't Rick's fault. It's my fault because I figured on about 160 like last year. But it rained that day, so I yeah. had all the construction people there, too. So, yeah. you know, and they have any place else to go get free yeah. lunch. So, yeah, yeah. You know, there you go. And when you mentioned Riverside Catfish is catering it, you know, you know everybody's going to show up because everybody likes Rick out there. And, everybody knows who Rick is. Yes, they do. And, and, uh, and he does, which Rick wasn't there. He was catering one down in Hot Springs Village at the golf course. But he had his, he had, you know, had his two employees there, and they done a wonderful job. They had, I thought they did really good. They did. You they had some uh, good ice cream too. Yep. Matter of fact, I think there's still probably fifty bars. Well, left. I'm going to come by tomorrow. <coughs> How early should I be there? Just don't come between twelve and one. They go to lunch. From yeah, 12 you and close one. that. Okay, so I'll try to get there by eleven o'clock at least. If you get there by then, they'll get you took care of and put my good. Headlights, headlights in, sitting on down the road. Who's our winner on the vacuum cleaner? Who, who he's come here? It is the winner is Chris Lindo. Chris Lindo, where's yeah. he from? Um, he didn't say he was driving at the time. Oh, he oh, was driving. Okay, okay. Yeah. so Chris, congratulations. Yeah, this is a cool little thing. You can take it when you go hunting or fishing and things and mm-hmm. use it then. I got one in my motor home, use it to clean out your car. I mean, they're really good. By the way, let's bring on that guy about uh detailing cars that you know roger i'll get him i'll go by and get him come back yeah he's been busy he's been detailing boats and he's got went, some good info for i him. went he by does. the other day he really does he had two or three bass boats sitting there he was uh re-gelling them you know the gel had started turning colors on it and he was he was sanding and so but i'll go by and get him show up here in the next few weeks or something okay we may let's wait until june then yep because next we'll two wait weeks we're going to be uh, out on on location next week we'll be over uh, at ryan's off of highway 10 by the walmart and right behind the shell station there mm-hmm. and he'll remind us the popeyes yep. yep and the week after that we'll be over at joe's on crystal hills 
uh, will uh, show up uh, over there in, in two weeks. And then after that, we'll see if we can't get this guy in again to talk about what's going on in the wonderful world of taking care of cars. Yes, and... and uh, and then I got one other guy, Dave. After that gets over with, I got another guy that I want to bring. Okay, that he's into uh, uh, basically uh, hiking up four wheel drives and stuff like that. Oh, okay. You know, putting level a lot of young on. guys want to yes. listen to that. So you know, and I've got you know he wants to come on. Up. So, but all he does is sell the parts. He don't put them on. But you I, put them on. I can put them on. You put them on, Joe. Yeah. Okay. I take more off than I put on. <laughs> we won't talk about why. Uh, we'll Car do, dealers. That's we'll why. talk that same way. Okay. <laughs> Let's take a break. Thank uh, you, guys, Dave. thanks for coming in. Doc, Joe. Thank you. Doc, yes, I'll sir, see you Dave. in the morning. Thank you. I want some ice cream. Make sure there's at least one ice cream sandwich. I'll be back after this. All right, back with you. Final hour of a Wednesday hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day, close to the friday than we were on monday day and that's a good thing uh let you know that tomorrow will be a great show jr J. davis will be here governor's spokesperson we'll start with him in the first hour second hour mark uh, is going to be here mark johnson state senator we're going to talk to him about his piece of legislation that didn't get out of committee uh, during the general session, went into interim study, and they are working on it hard. It will probably be back next year during the uh, uh, session that they have for financial questions. So they think that the, he thinks that it's going to get through. We'll talk to him about why he feels that way. And then uh, in the uh, last of our live hours, because we always repeat JR's hour for folks to hear it, uh, coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, Mark Lowry is going to be here. We're hoping Dan Sullivan and Robert Steinbach here at 3 and 4 as well. And we'll talk about uh, uh, Lowry and hopefully Sullivan giving a grade to the General Assembly that just stopped meeting a little over a month ago. So that's what you got looking forward to tomorrow. Now, for this hour, I've got a few news stories that are out there that I'd like to talk about any more. And and it's always been a story in America that anybody can grow up and be whatever they want to be, even president of the United States. And we've got Trump in the white house. Now he wasn't a politician. He got elected. We've had, you know, fantastic, uh, you know, presidents we've had, mediocre and we've had some bad presidents uh during the time but ever since trump got elected a lot more people think about well maybe i can do this i mean bloomberg has talked about it and then has decided against it because he doesn't want to spend the money well another person is talking about it and i think he's floating this out like a balloon right now just to see how many people would find this interesting, find this possible, would call this person up and say, you know, if you decide to do this, count me in for $20,000 or, you know, some different monies that would be given to run a campaign. And that's Mark Cuban. That's right, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, a man who you see on Shark Tank, He's got some, of course, uh, name recognition already, 
but he's now talking about wanting to be president. Are, are you going to run for president? Um, you, you haven't heard anything from me for a reason, and we'll keep it that way. <laughs> so you're still considering it? Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Look, it, uh, I've said it many times. It would take the perfect storm for me to do it. You know, the definition of bad parenting is running for president when you have three young kids, 9, 12, and 15. So there's, there's some things that could open the door, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not projecting or predicting it right now. Who do you think on the Democratic side right now has the best chance against President nobody, Trump? Nobody right now. I think what people are missing is, you know, if you look at why people voted for Donald Trump, in my opinion, it was because he was, first and foremost, it was because he wasn't a politician. And look, you know, if you, if, if you look at the Democratic field, it's all politicians. And politicians are the least trusted of every profession. And so, you know, it's, it's just it's too early to tell. Uh, there's nobody that really stands out, even though Biden's leading the polls. I, I like, you know, Vice President Biden. I think he's smart. I, I think he could do a decent job, but I think it's still way too early to tell. And, you know, I think a lot of ch there's a lot of change yet to come. If you ran, would you run as a Democrat? No, absolutely not. I'd run it as, as an independent, most likely. And you think yeah, I still think I still think there's a real there's a real opportunity for somebody who is, you know, in the middle, but has some charisma, has the ability to relate to both sides, but is not a politician. The reality is people don't trust politicians, period. End of story. You know, and we can talk about, you know, they, they just I'm not I don't want to I'm not going to change anybody's mind. I don't want to try to change anybody's mind right now. But the reality is people don't trust politicians and. If you look at the Democrats right, Democrats right now, it's hard to look at the proposals that they're making and think that they're any more than they're just as headline porn to get attention. I don't think anybody looks at, you know, the proposals and says, look, yeah, we're going to we're going to introduce these taxes and that trickle down. Look, I think trickle down economics is a failure. I think trickle down taxation is just as big a, a failure. I don't think either one works. And right now, what I'm hearing from the Democrats is all about trickle-down taxation. I think that's a failing proposition. And I don't even think they believe that, it's their, that what they're proposing is passable. All right. That was Mark Cuban. Sounds to me like he's turning it over, but I don't think he's going to run. I don't hear somebody with a whole lot of passion. He's got. He's thought about it. He's thought through it. But I don't believe that he's the guy that's uh, going to do it. I also don't think he's electable. I think he'll hurt the Democrats if he runs as a independent. He will definitely hurt the Democrats more than he will hurt uh, Trump. So that's just something to keep in mind. It's out there. I uh, That's all I'm going to say is that uh, it's out there. You know, Rosenstein uh, gave up uh, assistant AG the other day. He... Uh, he left, and he was asked a question, and it made him laugh because he was asked, and you, you might remember when they talked about this during all of the Mueller stuff that was going on and uh, the Senate uh, was having their uh, committee meetings and whatnot, and there was, a, there was a story that leaked out that he had been wearing a wire. Do you remember that, Ron? Do you remember that, Zach? Yeah. They said that he had been wearing a wire. Here's what he had to say about that. 
Former Deputy FBI Director Andrew McCabe has said that Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein had offered to wear a wire into the Oval Office. The Deputy Attorney General offered to wear a wire into the White House. He said, I never get searched when I go into the White House. I could easily wear a recording device. They wouldn't know it was there. Now, he was not joking. He was absolutely serious. And in fact, he brought it up in the next meeting we had. I called up with Rosenstein and asked him about McCabe's claim. Did you, did you offer to wear a wire around Trump? <laughs> That's my question. Just I wanted to clear it up. Do you mind? In Washington, I'm Nicholas Palacy. That said it all, didn't you, when you heard him laughing? All right. Now, they take that uh, serious. Uh, that that was a joke. But he did this story as when he said it, he was really serious. Now, okay, so let's apply that same kind of reporting to AOC. She said, well, only somebody with the mental capacity of a sponge would have thought that I was being serious. You heard that? Yeah, she wants everybody to give her a free pass. I'm not serious. I don't think it's all going to come crashing down uh, 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 around us uh, in, uh, you know, for, for us, uh, blah, blah, blah. Anybody thought that, you know, I, you can't tell that I'm, I'm being facetious and, you know, witty is basically what she said. Well, let me, I, I wish I still had the piece of audio where she said it. And it is, it's pretty clear she is serious as a heart attack when she says it. There's no, you know, chuckle. There's no nothing about it. It was presented as we got to do this and we got to do it now. And all you got to do, watch what she said. She attacked Biden yesterday about uh, the whole thing about, uh, you know, global warming. And, you know, Biden just wants to do half measures and this and that. And we've got to go all the way out on this. I mean, so did uh, Bernie Sanders. I mean, yesterday he said, I don't know how you go too far on climate change. These are the true believers. But this reporter who took, you know, Rosenstein being serious when he told McCabe, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to wear a wire. I can get in there. No, like nobody else can get in there, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, he just laughed at this reporter yesterday. But nobody was laughing when they asked the question. They were as serious as a heart attack. Well, there you have something just to, just something to think about as far as, as that's concerned and the different ways that they report on different stories. First break going on right now. Let's do that. Then we'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. We continue. You all, if you were watching the show yesterday on uh, our uh, Facebook and was listening to it on the radio, heard Jan Morgan talk about the problem she was having for Zach to find her Facebook uh, location on Facebook. It's as if it disappeared, and she's had a lot of problems with Facebook. And it's probably, and I, I can, I just can't, I can't say for sure, but I could tell you that it probably has something to do with her. 
uh, you know, political and her ideology that she has. And they they have uh, punished her at times by people not being able to find her Facebook page, uh, being put in Facebook jail, as people like to call it, things of that nature. Well, an image that's out on Facebook right now with the vice president on it, a meme that somebody has, uh, says that the vice president said something, and he didn't. But nothing happens to these people, even though they're reported. Here is what they say. They, they put this up and said that the, the vice president said this. I believe uh, if we can just get more of these people with pre-existing health conditions back into the churches, you would see a lot of healings and many of these problems would just go away. People who lead godly lives don't worry about doctors. We have the Lord take care of us. What is the verdict on that? Is it true or false? And the answer is that it's uh, it's false. He never said this. Never said it in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it, it's uh, a meme that attempts to criticize uh, the vice president's Christian faith and his stance on health care. Hence, it's called Obamacare, which bars insurance companies from denying people coverage based on pre-existing conditions a failure and a burden on the American people, something that's ruffled the feathers of the health care law supporters at times. Uh, however, the Daily Caller found no evidence that Pence, who has long been followed by the media, ever said this. The fake quote has been attributed to him since May of 2017 when Republicans were attempting to repeal and replace Obamacare. A logo that reads Fox News, uh, the FB page, appears in the meme, yet the quote was not posted on any of Fox's uh, social media accounts. The page is no longer available on Facebook, but according to Truth or Fiction, it regularly regularly shared misinformation and was not associated with Fox News in any way. But yet, they keep the, they can keep on putting things that, like that out, which are totally false, and nothing happens to the people that are posting it. And uh, that just goes along to show you where Facebook is is at. Okay, did you get us, uh, Mr. Sanders? There. Okay, this is a short clip of Bernie Sanders uh, talking about climate change. And, you know, he talks about, you know, we need to do some things about everything Bernie says costs trillions of dollars. Okay, basically is what it comes down to, at least billions. Some of the things that he wants to do will be trillions. But he was talking about uh, the whole thing dealing with climate change. And Biden has come out and takes a more moderate approach to it. And uh, AOC went after him yesterday saying, basically, we can't be. Uh, moderate on this. we got to be rabid about this. And, and here's what Bernie Sanders had to say. Well, when you're dealing with the future of the planet and making sure that our kids and our grandchildren have a healthy and habitable world in which to live, I don't know how you go too far. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is an existential threat, not just to the United States, but to the entire planet. We have a moral obligation to combat climate change, to bring the entire world together. This is not an American issue. This is a global issue to bring the world together to transform our energy system away from fossil fuel to energy efficiency and sustainable 
energies. And uh, to me, we don't have a choice. All right. Of course, he, uh, he hasn't been able to come up with a policy yet that shows you how they're going to get away totally from fossil fuels. I mean, it's not like you can just go out and say, hey, guess what? No more gasoline starting next week. Will not work out that way. Uh, trying to go to no more fossil fuels in a decade, that ain't going to work either. Uh, do you know what that kind of move would do to the economy of our country? How many people would be thrown out of work? And that's things you've got to think about when you're talking about policy. And these are the same people that don't want to do any kind of, uh, you know, nuke technology. They don't want any of those kinds of plans. So um, they want to do it all by wind power and they want to do it all by solar power unless they can figure out some way of uh, building the necessary infrastructure for it. it it's not going to work. I, I like watching, what, who is it? Is it Audi that does the car uh, commercial now dealing with uh, electric cars? Maybe you're not. You know, maybe you won't be driving an electric car because maybe you just don't understand electric cars. There's one part inside that ad that they just kind of gloss over because what they show is, a, you know, how tough is it to, um, you know, recharge an electric car? And this person walks out like a 7-Eleven and looks down and there's like five charging stations there. Is there any place like that right now in Arkansas where you can plug in an electric car uh, at the 7-Eleven or at the grocery store and recharge your car? There may be a few, but it's a very few. There's not a lot. And then how long does it take to charge the car? Uh, the, the only way that electric cars are going to catch on is if you can recharge them quickly and you can increase their mileage up to around 300 miles. Because people like to travel in this country. A lot of people live in the suburbs. Now, granted, the people who are against climate, uh, that are uh, wanting to do all this stuff about climate change, want everybody to move away from the suburbs and when, uh, live in a metro area. They want you to live in the cities. They want everybody to go back to the cities and uh, not live out uh, like we do here in in uh, Arkansas. Like I live up in Cabot because I like living out in Cabot. I like, uh, I've got uh, uh, almost an acre and a half out there and I like that. Uh, I don't want to have a zero property line. Never have. I lived that too long when I lived right by Chicago. I don't want to live that way anymore. I don't want to feel like the guy who lives right next door uh, to me, if he opens his windows and, the springtime, and I've got them opened in my house that they can listen in on my uh, conversation. I did that when I was a kid where I lived at. I could hear, you know, my, I could hear my buddy next door when uh, mom, his mom or dad were disciplining him and they were giving him heck, you know, don't want to be listening in on that kind of stuff. Don't want to hear fights between husbands and wives or, or whatever. And uh, because you could literally open up my, uh, open up my uh, my window to my bedroom and uh, reach out and touch the driveway if you wanted to reach down on the ground, 
uh, of uh, the next house. You didn't have to cut the size of the house for grass. There wasn't any grass. It was uh, the, uh, you know, where you parked at. So bottom line is, I don't want to go back to that, but that is the vision that the left has for us. All right, back with you. Let's finish up the show today again. It's a hump day. We're close to Friday. We're closer at least than it was on Monday. Tomorrow uh, on the show, J.R. Davis, the governor's uh, uh, spokesman, will join us in the first hour. Second hour will be joined by State Senator Mark Johnson. He'll be talking about punishment for uh, elected officials who use their power from those uh, uh, positions to do felonies, and that if they do, they shouldn't be able to get any kind of uh, retirement. We'll be talking to him about that. Uh, Those got held up in committee. Uh, We'll talk to him tomorrow about now that they're in interim committee, uh, what they're doing to move them forward so that hopefully – Uh, In February of next year, we'll see that become law. And then in the 4 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by, I'm hoping that uh, Dan Sullivan will be with us. I haven't gotten an answer back from him. I've asked him to join us. But Mark Lowry has already let me know that he'll be here, both of them state representatives. We had the senators on last uh, week uh, talking about the last general session that we had and uh, how they would uh, grade that session. We heard a B minus, uh, as low as a D minus in some areas, but as high as an A in other areas. And when you took all the grades from all the different areas and put them together, came up with a, a slight B minus uh, type uh, elective or legislative session. We'll do it now with uh, state representatives over in the House and see how uh, they view it. I mean, when bills go through the committees on either side of the legislature, whether it be the House or the Senate, uh, there are different bills that are seen different ways in each segment of the uh, the um, uh, legislative bodies. They view them different ways. So that's just something to to keep in mind that we're going to be taking on tomorrow at 4 o'clock. And Robert Steinbach will be with us as well to bring in his view of uh, legislation from uh, the uh, the court system and talk about uh, that as well. All right, if you just heard the news, uh, you were with us. You heard that uh, Ivy, the governor of Alabama, has signed uh, the uh, uh, abortion bill that passed the Senate last night. It's very restrictive, uh, literally, literally makes all abortions illegal. Uh, one thing that I want to make clear is that it will not punish women. Uh, the, the Alabama law doesn't punish women who get abortions. Alabama's new uh, law that, uh, that just passed will not put women in prison. It's uh, less than three and a half pages long, but even the uh, bill's mere 1,511 words appear to have proved too taxing for uh, left-wing legislators determined to oppose it. Freshman Congresswoman uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat of New York, who is frequently wrong but never in doubt, 
uh, invite on Twitter saying this, Alabama lawmakers are making all abortions a felony punishable with jail time, including women victimized by rape and incest. In reality, the law does not outlaw all abortions. It does not demand jail time for doctors who perform, or for all doctors who perform abortions, and it explicitly protects women who procure abortions from prosecution. While the law bans most abortions in Alabama, Section 4B lists certain exceptions. Quote, an abortion shall be permitted, the law explains, if an attending physician licensed in Alabama determines that an abortion is necessary in order to prevent a serious health risk to the unborn child's mother, unquote. If the uh, pregnancy poses a serious risk to the life of the mother, the law permits abortion. In all other cases, the bill outlaws abortion throughout the state, but does it therefore follow that women who procure abortions in violation of the law will face punishment as AOC asserts that it will? Here again, in Section 5, the law makes itself clear, quote, No woman upon whom an abortion is performed or attempted to be performed shall be criminally or civilly liable, unquote. Doctors who perform abortions may face serious criminal consequences, but women will not. Ocasio-Cortez wasn't alone in failing to read the bill before pontificating about what she imagined that it said. Paul McLeod, a political reporter for BuzzFeed, spread that same lie, saying, quote, backers of an Alabama bill to outlaw abortion, which would punish even rape victims with up to 99 years in prison, admit the bill may go too far, he wrote. So uh, just so you know, there's no woman going to go to jail for 99 years. U.S. Senator and 2020 presidential candidate Cory Booker likewise opined bills like this aim to punish women. Booker has yet to explain how the bill's explicit refusal to punish women accomplishes its aim of punishing women. Whether from laziness or cynicism, left-wing politicians and journalists continue to spread the lie that Alabama's new abortion bill punishes women. It doesn't. Just ask the female governor who has signed it into law. And understand why this is happening. The number one problem is personhood. Is a baby a human or isn't a human? I know it seems like a stupid question, but it's a question that's never been put to bed. And uh, that's what they're trying to do with this particular piece of, uh, of stuff. Uh, bottom line is that uh, they want to make sure the people in Alabama the, uh, the legislature wants to write a bill and did write a bill and get the governor to sign it that should be struck down by an appellate court so that the uh, AG in uh, Alabama can take that and uh, try to get the Supreme Court to hear the case uh, to uh, say, no, this is a legal piece of legislation and if they would then that would have uh, the the necessary 
um, domino effect that uh, the uh, the pro-life side of this argument has been trying to, to get. And the Supreme Court would have to deal with the issue of personhood, uh, which would be a huge thing. I mean, I don't see how a lawyer or a judge can sit up and hear a case like this and say that uh, whatever is there in the womb, and I got to say it that way because personhood's never been uh, declared, although in my mind it has been, but as a legal solid uh, argument has not, uh, would be at that point put into effect. All right, we got one more segment to, to do. I just been notified. I just got uh, head back uh, from Dan Sullivan. He'll be in the studio tomorrow to uh, talk about the um, uh, the legislature. So it'll be Mark Lowry and Dan Sullivan here at four o'clock on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're down to about ten minutes remaining here. Don't forget. Uh, coming up in the, the next hour, a brand new show. want you to make sure that you listen in and, and enjoy it. And uh, the lady that's going to be on owns Arkansas flag and banner. Don't want to ever forget that. She's a great person. have worked with her in the past. Hope that you'll enjoy. Uh, is she sitting over there? Is she over there? Yeah. Come over here. Come talk to me. You know, I just love that power. I or I order people to come in my studio and they come. All right, have a seat. Have a seat and tell me what you got coming up for us in the next hour. Are we on? Yeah. Oh, hey everybody! I didn't know we were live. Yeah. Oh You're yeah. yeah. I, Say I, hello to everybody on Facebook. Hey everybody on Facebook! I'd have walked faster if I knew you were oh, waiting. Oh, it's on all me. right. So we've got Ann McCoy. Okay. She is, was the gov- mansion administrator. And did a great job. The governor, you know, Anne. I I know of You've her. Met her. Yeah, so she was the governor's mansion administrator during President during Bill Clinton's Governor Clinton's um, time. Yep. And then when he ran for office, she followed him to Washington, and she was the deputy social secretary for the White House. And she met at one time. She met every world leader that was living from the free world. That's pretty cool. Yes, and I have a picture of her. With and you're going to ask her about all of that. Oh, yeah, and I have a picture of her standing with all the living presidents. Wow. Bush, Clinton, Ford. Carter. Carter. Uh, Reagan was there, but he was in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So she's got some great stories. And the story, and you're a history, history buff. You're going to love the story that she okay. tells about moving into the White House on the day that he, uh, that he, uh, inauguration day yeah so during inauguration day, Being sworn in he gets sworn in and then right. the scurry and i didn't know this but they actually prior to that day the bushes still lived there oh the, yeah and then the, during that parade and during that swearing in they leave they leave and <laughs> and this mass of people go in really not that many just 15 people went in and and you know changed the whole mansion out Swapped everything in and out. If I if I'm correct, mm-hmm. the former president and first lady are on the dais as the president is being sworn in, and that's the last time, basically, unless you're invited, that they step foot into the White House. What's the dais mean? That's that big area that all the muckety mucks are sitting at, 
and watching what's going on as the president gets sworn in. During the inauguration? Yeah. Behind the bulletproof glass? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, say that again as you understand what? The president, he's leaving at that point. Yes. That's exactly right. Because they meet. He meets the president and the new first lady, and they all meet, and they normally go like have a little tea or something like that. And, they, uh, and here just recently, uh, they have been exchanging notes. Uh, the, the outgoing president leaves a note for the incoming president and leaves them little you know notes like uh, – the bathrooms down this hall on the no i'm just kidding <laughs> the light don't forget where the light uh, switch is i'm just kidding well i think do and i'm not sure but i think hillary met uh barbara bush i think prior mm-hmm. to moving in but i know that president clinton didn't set foot in the white house prior to that yeah it's way that's the way that all those things work we'll let you in in just a second we got, we got uh, we're going to finish up here. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, you're uh-huh. getting your show yeah, ready. Getting ready for the big show. I really enjoyed be on, it. Are you on Facebook or YouTube? Uh, both. Well, we do a live Facebook, so you can okay. watch it live on Facebook. And then we uh, upload it uh, in a few days. We upload it to YouTube so that you can watch it. But it's pre-recorded at that time. Okay, so tell me, because she's not listening right now. Okay. What's the What's the, the zinger question that you've prepared for? I can't decide. <laughs> I've got four of them. you got four of them. And she is my mother-in-law. Let's just do. Okay, okay so let's, let's just be, be careful. Then. Let's be careful. I've got, got to be do careful. full disclosure. She is my mother-in-law. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, Dave, I don't ever really put anybody in the hot seat ever. You know, the show's about building you up and yeah. all that stuff. So I never really. You leave that to me, right? I do. <laughs> I leave you shock jocks to do it on your own. Oh, I'm a shock jock now. Kind of, don't you think? That's no, kind of I'm a good thing. Not really. I'm not a shock jock. I mean, if if just asking straight on questions is being a, a shock jock, I'll, I'll plead guilty. Uh, Howard Stern's written a book. Speaking of shock jocks, Howard Stern's written a book. He's on everywhere. Every time I turn the radio on. He's got on, a new book? He's got a new book. Every time I okay. turn the radio on or do anything, there he is. Um, so this is Private Parts Part 2? You know, he talks about how embarrassed he is about all that. And I saw him on 60 Minutes the other day say that, and you may like this, he said, after every, not after every interview, but he said, I have a lot of regrets after interviews. I have a lot of self-doubt, like I should have said this or I didn't say that. You know, Everybody every, does. I know. It doesn't make you feel good to feel human and know everybody's human. So he said... And he almost cried when he said this on the interview last Sunday that he interviewed uh, Robin Williams two mm. days before he killed himself. Oh, wow. And that the day that he interviewed Robin Williams, he was in a really bad mood because I guess I think probably Howard Stern's a little bipolar or something, you know, he's kind of extreme one way or the other. Yeah. He kind of admits it and talks about it, about his mood swings. And he said he interviewed him on a day he was in a really bad mood and Uh-oh. he felt like he wasn't very nice to him. And he had him on his Pressed list. Him, huh? Yeah, I think so. And he let, he said, I had him on my list to call and apologize. And he, and he killed himself. Yeah. And so that's a regret. He said that I just, that's one did, uh, did, uh, did the interviewer push a little bit further and say, do you feel, somewhat responsible 
well, if he did, they didn't show it. And I don't. And and I wanted to know what he did. That was the other thing. I, you know, now that yeah. I'm interviewing people, I have all the I, I critique everybody. I'm like, well, ask him what he did. Ask him what he did. Yeah. <laughs> she he may have or she may have, and it didn't work out. So I know you're a movie buff. How about any documentaries you've been watching? I watched no, the one I have RB, not. RBG that you told me to watch. It was pretty good, wasn't it? Ruth Boehner Ginsburg. Thank you. She. It was real good. Yeah. She's I watched. A, I don't agree with her at all politically, but she's an interesting woman. She's so interesting, and it's hard to believe she was attractive when she was young. <laughs> <laughs> she was. She's quite. A she looker. said it. I didn't. <laughs> for for once in my life, I'd had I had somebody else say that. So guess which one I watched last night? You'll never guess. I'll just go Movie and tell you. Or documentary. Documentary. I don't know what. Annie Oakley. Well, that's pretty cool. That's pretty interesting. Who knew she? I didn't know she was a real, real like movie star. Okay. She was in. She was before movies. And during her, uh, during her stardom, movies were invented. So you actually get to see some of Wild Bill shows yeah. with with some actual video of, of what Annie, the Wild Bill shows Annie were like. Annie Oakley and all of that was all about. What? I mean. She was part of his show as yes, well. Yeah, she was on his show. Yeah, she yeah. prefaced that. Yes, yeah, she was on his show. That's and how he made his money after the Buffalo were gone. You know, he had Buffalo in the arena. He traveled with Buffalo, mm-hmm. horses, Indians, goats. I mean, his show was huge. She met the Queen of England. Yeah. You knew that? Yes. Well, you're a history buff. You know everything. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm big Wild Bill fan, too. He's interesting in oh, you'd love this Annie Oakley and on all of that. Mm-hmm. I who, think who played Annie Oakley in the movies? I have no idea. Debbie Wayne Reynolds. Really? Yes, and Debbie Reynolds. Well, and, it, and she was much prettier than the real Annie Oakley. You know, Annie Oakley also <laughs> did not. She was kind of the first woman to break the glass ceiling. I think you could say she yeah. was doing. She was shooting guns in a man's world when nobody else, no other woman, was doing. That's that. right. She uh, she believed in women being able to work. She was the first person to talk about equal pay for women, but she did not believe women should have the right to vote. Did she say why? No, the interviewer should have asked. There you go. That's, <laughs> see, now you start doing that a lot. Okay, so we've got just about two minutes here. Okay. And I'm going to do this with you whenever I'm here in studio every Wednesday. I'm going to let you pre- Come talk to you. Yeah. Come we're going to end up being really good pre- friends. We were already good no, friends. No, I mean really good friends. Oh, okay. Well, you tell me now. Okay. All right. Do you have your shows set up for weeks in advance or do you do it by the week? By the week. Do you do by the week? Okay. Mm. So you don't know who you got on next week? Oh, I do know who I've got on. We're booked all the way through June. We're booking July right now, I guess. Uh, next week we have on Susan Hutchinson, the first lady of okay. Arkansas First Lady. She's interesting, she's by the way. She's very interesting. and She's real involved in uh, child abuse. Yep. She's very passionate about it. And she's really a really nice person. So she's on next week. And then after that, Steve Landers. Now, I'm going to tell you what. I've, okay. been, I've had Steve on three times. Uh-huh. Landers is a great story Uh he is a really a horatio algiers story he's pulled himself up by the bootstraps that guy i have all the respect in the world for he's not even a high school graduate i know he's not so this will be my second time to interview him did they give you a copy of his book steve landers has a book yes 
You need to read it. I'm not surprised. Make sure you read it before they, you have him in. Okay, I will. I, they keep they keep um, trying to get him to do reality TV with hot, sexy girls on the parking lots <laughs> of his of his of his automobiles oh, uh, uh, dealerships. But his wife won't let him. Well, he's not like that. So his why wife do will it? Not let him. Well, that's good. Should let his sons do that. They're not there anymore. They got their own gig, though. They did. They're still in cars. They had to go out and fly themselves, you know what I'm saying, and Mm -hmm. get off of daddy's You want to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead and say it. Bob Lyon. All right, you're coming on next. Next, up in your business with Carrie McCoy. Stick around. It's a good show. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Don't forget, we'll start off with J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesperson here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.